When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Yep, it sure is, and it's the eighth day of February. It is a Thursday morning. Awesome to be with you for summer breakfast. Well, for the very last time, in fact, the McCafe Menu, our official coffee partner today. We're going to set you up with Michael Bridge from the UK. We've got a three-directional title race going on in the Premier League at the moment. With uh, well, We're in the final third of that season, and it's uh, Arsenal, and um, it's Manchester City, and it's Liverpool, and it's all happening over there. And Ange's Spurs fighting for a top four spot as well. So Michael Bridge will uh, bring us up to speed on the biggest domestic uh, football code in the world. Melbourne Storm CEO Justin Rodsky. They've got a game coming up in Fiji, the Storm, if you don't mind. An Olympic long jumper in this Olympic year. Brooke Bushkel is going to join us. Uh, twice a Commonwealth Games silver medalist. Seventh at the Tokyo Games as well. Questions without notice. And it's the last time we're going to chop it up. And that's our Philly friend we had on earlier this week, by the way, Sean Barnard, if you're wondering why we constantly mention that. Kane Corns, good morning to you. No, we haven't gone all Jared Waitley on this, Sammy. Good morning to you. Um, but we are going to chop it up for the final time. And we've been given some homework as well. Which, homework. Uh, which took me back a little bit. So um, I'm looking forward to going through that. I'm just having some a bit of trouble with my... Headphones at the moment, I can't hear myself talking, so hopefully the gurus in the studio can sort that out as we're talking. But um, plenty on the agenda. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, I can hear you fine. Uh, Let's be honest with our homework. Um, We've called it the watchables, but to be honest, we're blatantly stealing an idea. (laughs) We're borrowing a few components of it anyway. The league pass rankings is a Bill Simmons, Zach Lowe phenomenon. Now, a lot of listeners will be familiar with that. We're adapting it today because, Kane. The season's close. We're all viewers. We're all fans. We're all consumers, either in the stands or in the living room or pubs across the country. So we're going to lounge room chair this morning, Kane, and we're just going to decipher or break down the competition's 18 teams into four brackets, most watchable to perhaps things you'd rather do something else. Yeah, you could be doing other things. Now, so in the NBA, of course, you've got League Pass. So you can essentially watch any game you want if you subscribe to this service. If we had the same thing, who would be at the top of your list? Who who are the most yep. watchable teams right now? Who do you drop everything to watch? Not not your side, uh, of course. That is that is a given. You watch your side regardless of the situation. But who else are you watching? I mean, we, we heard the Col- Collingwood Globetrotters last year a mm-hmm. lot, and they were very watchable. So we'll see where they feature. But a lot of factors go into our rankings, which we will describe for you uh, a little bit after 7 o'clock. We will. We'll break it all down. The open line today, same as it is every day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The 40 wings temper, 0433981116. do not be shy today. We'll get to questions without notice as well a little bit later on in the program. Uh, it's same old uniform for you, T-shirt and shorts this morning, another cracking day in Adelaide. What did you get yeah. up to yesterday? No, it's good. I... Uh... I had to go to the dentist, actually. Oh. So the kids did the dentist on Tuesday. I did oh. the dentist yesterday. Um, yeah, it's a, it is an interesting experience going to the dentist. Oh. But 
every time I go there, I'm thankful. Are you lucky? That, yeah, I am. And I'm thankful that I haven't neglected my teeth. Cause, and that was a lesson that, uh, uh, without going through my family history, dad always used to say to us, because he, he neglected his teeth. When he left home, he just ate all these lollies and he didn't go to the dentist and his teeth were a, a bit of a mess and he always regretted it. So thankful for the fact that I haven't let them go. Oh, the journey had a crown last year, which was nasty. Which was, I've had a crown. Yeah, that's a big. Yeah, that's an expensive it's, process. It's expensive and oh. it's complicated, but that that was all good. So, not all good, but it got a mouth guard fitted as well, Sammy. A mouth guard? Oh, for your do, fight. Do you know how they fit mouth guards now? It is amazing. Yeah, my kids it's, had uh, had the dental mouth guards done last year. Yeah, where you where it doesn't come for a couple of weeks and it's moulded and yeah, you bite down so, on the goo. Nah, well that's how I, that's how I used to get it done when I played footy, and that was what I thought would happen yesterday, mm. but. There's this little instrument now, it's like a camera, and they put it inside your mouth. It's just a camera, and they'd go around your mouth with the camera, and it scans your teeth, and then over to the side, there's a computer, and eventually you get this perfect 3D image of your, your jaw, your set of teeth. Then they just email that to the lab. And the lab user 3D printer to do your mouth guard. It's unbelievable. So it's no, ready, fr- ready Friday. No goo. No jelly. No mold. All it is, it's a little stick, like a camera on a stick. It makes this little noise. Took about, I don't know, 15 minutes. Go around your mouth up the top, then down the bottom. And then the dentist came in and he's showing me my my, my jaw and my teeth on this 3D image on the computer. It's unbelievable. I couldn't what, believe it. I was blown away. What did the bill look like for something like that? Uh, no, it wasn't too bad. The, my mouth guard, I've got health insurance, but I think the gap for the mouth guard was about 150 Oh, no, that's yeah. okay. Not, Small not price bad. to pay. You don't want that crown knocked out by Nathan no, Brown. You don't want, you don't <laughs> you don't want the teeth, crown going anywhere. teeth knocked out. Are you happy with uh, sport climbing as a, an Olympic sport this year? Yeah, I saw that. No, no, well, <laughs> come on, don't get off the fair. Are you well, happy with sport climbing as an Olympic sport? Well, I'm not as outraged by that as I was breakdancing, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, breakdancing is probably going to take some beating for most obscure offering. Uh, at least that involves some, re- and, and dancing does as well. I'm only talking in jest, some real physical endeavour and ability and skill and strength and endurance. Well, all of that. It's You, you basically use every muscle. It's bloody uh, hard work. And the reason I ask is because Campbell Harrison's a, a big feature from Scotty Gullen in the Herald Sun today on page 62. Um, and look, he's, he's off to the Olympics. So sport climbing, rock climbing, uh, indoor rock climbing, essentially. Yep. Uh, breaking, which is break dancing, included in the Olympics this year. They're just calling it breaking. Break. Skateboarding and surfing are the four additional sports um, for the Paris 2024 could games. We, could we get... Can we get T20 into the Brisbane Olympics, do you reckon? Well, it's... I reckon not? cricket needs it. I reckon cricket needs it. If cricket could get themselves in the Olympics, that'd well, be when you, Yeah, when you look at some of the other sports, with, with all due respect, but handball, judo, modern pentathlon... You had to go at judo? Well, cricket's... Fen- fencing? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been around a long time. But anyway, are you, are you happy with it? Are you in... Yeah, I mean, does the Olympics have the same prestige as what it used to? Definitely doesn't, does it? Nah. It's a shame. But, it, I mean, it hasn't, like, for obviously the Commonwealth Games have fallen off the cliff uh, and there's all sorts of theories for that, of course. I think just the professionalism and the exposure of all the major sports around the country now and it's just wall-to-wall all year round has almost taken a bit away from the Commonwealth Games, perhaps. Hey, I, I couldn't not talk about this this morning because... Riley Sanders and Harley Reid are like Hackett and Thorpe. You know, Hackett, Thorpe, Hackett, Thorpe. They're just, 
bobbing in the water beside each other. Now, Adam Simpson and Don Pike yesterday, we might hear from them later, both spoke on how mindful they are of the attention on their guy over there in Perth and the hype, and we've spoken about that a lot. Funnily enough, that's sort of just reaching the mainstream at the moment, the 27 front and back pages of the West Australian. Now, at the Dogs yesterday, more fawning over Riley Sanders, this time from Bailey Dale, talking up the teenagers' ball-winning prowess. Just amazing. I mean, these guys are just kids. In all seriousness, I hope we're not, and I say we because we're part of it too, we're not setting them up a bit here for, for a mission impossible. That's yeah, my fear. So there's a couple of schools of thought here. There's the thought that in American sport, these athletes are famous before they get drafted. And we need to do a better job of building their profiles when they're coming through. And the Instagram accounts like Baseline Footy and others have done a pretty good job of that. So essentially, a lot of the players that have been drafted to your club, you're familiar with, particularly at the top end, by the time they get there. But I, honestly, I've never seen anything like this. And, and we've discussed it at length, so I don't want to... Keep yep. going over it. But I log on to the West Australian again today, and he's full back page again. What? Harley Reid is full back page again. 28. Today. 28. So it's just extraordinary. Like, in terms of the most famous footballers ever, and who who would they be? I mean, who, it depends what market you're in, of course. But like, Well, you've like, spoken about Modra back in the day. Yeah, so Modra in the day. Wayne Carey, you know, through the day. Ben Cousins in Perth. Definitely during the early days and then probably during his infamous days as well. But compare Harley Reid to Nick Dacos. Like, Harley Reid's not carrying Nick Dacos's bags at the moment. And Nick Dacos may have had one, I don't know, one back page in the Herald Sun. Different markets, I get that. But this is just next level. Young and the rest is the headline in the West Australian. Must read. West Coast coach reveals teen sensation unlikely to play every game this season. Yeah. Gee, so they're, they're, he went on to speak about mindful of hype and then West Oz just plopping back on the back page again. Well, that's the hard, that's the hard part. Ball, and look, no, I don't really, there's no blame here. There's no fault because you curate the news to what interests your audience. And clearly they would have the metrics of who's clicking on Give them what the they Harley Reid stories. Yeah, and if the sure. people want Harley Reid, you're not going to blame the news outlet for giving them Harley Reid. And then equally... All the journalists are going to ask every West Coast player that goes for an interview about Harley Reid, and that one quote is turned into a, a back page story. But yeah, I just got some fears for how this ends up and you know wh- where we get to in this. Yep, Bailey Dale was asked about Riley Sanders at uh, Western Bulldogs training yesterday, and this is what he had to say. First session, he's come in and straight in the midfield, and I reckon he would have had about 20 touches in about 15 minutes. So um, yeah, he's just got so much power. He's a good user of the footy. There you go. Bang, straight in. Mm. He's going to play round one. Did you see uh, Gilly's T-shirt yesterday? That, that's upset a few. Oh, Adam Gilchrist. I saw the headline. Him. It didn't It didn't suck me in enough to click on it. Moral victory. He's getting around in a T-shirt. Oh, he posted he? on his Instagram, and you should see the comments underneath it. It's just stirred up the salty palms like you would not believe. And then uh, Uzi bought into it. Usman Khawaja posted underneath. Now that's a T-shirt. I'll tell you what, stirred him up an absolute treat. The next Ashes series just cannot come out quick enough. Because his approval rating is high, Gilly, regardless of whether you're an Aussie or an international cricket follower. I would have thought there wouldn't be many with a higher. Maybe Mike Hussey, Shane Warne back back yep. back in the day, Mister Cricket, Mister Cricket. Um, but Gilly would be right up there. So if he's offended them, yeah, now, it's sensitive. I sent you a photo yesterday oh. because we've got an almost we've got a battle of the 
We've got a battle of the hype, you know, a hype battle when it comes to the kids that we've mentioned. But what about the coaches box and the battle of the beefcakes that's sort of going on behind the scenes at the moment? These got so Adam Kingsley's uh, obviously right up there. And we've joked about him lifting weights while he's on the phone and Dim has had a crack at him. But, but I saw a little snippet yesterday on, uh, on Twitter, on X, of Michael Voss. Now, Vossy's always been solid, but the pipes are enormous now. Are these guys just... Just shifting iron all day, or what's going on? He's massive. Well, he's huge. That was a the the photo was wasn't a great angle. It was just a little sort of glimpse. He's sitting down. We we need tops off. We need to compare. <laughs> we need like a bodybuilding tournament. Uh, do do well to catch we, Buck, your man Bucks from back in the day. Well, Bucks was Bucks was really good. Um, my brother's packing a packing a bit at the moment. Would he be the bit. fittest coach? And I'll, let's fold the assistants in. Would he be the most ripped assistant slash senior coach going well, at the moment? He's big. He's just he, he's he's put on a lot of size. Like it's like Michael Voss. So yeah, I don't know what's going on, but there's a lot of coaches out there shifting tin in their spare time. So just your brother's appetite for working out. What's his regime? He must be well. He's, daily. he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those weird cats that gets up really early, like three thirty, and he, he lives on a bit of a property and he's got this amazing gym set up. I, th- I think he's just sort of nicked bits and pieces from the Port Adelaide gym over the last 25 <laughs> years. Like when it's, when they've updated the gym equipment, I have the old stuff. If you get up and he's got this magnificent gym set up at home, everything you would ever want. And I think he, I think he spends a fair bit of time out there. Fair dinkum. An early yeah. riser. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Jose, yeah, I hope I got that right, Jose. You're in Hastings. You got an early call on the the teams to watch that we're going to break down later. Welcome to you. How you going, boys? We're going well. I think in general, you, you go for the top four teams. Generally, I mean, next year you're thinking probably Collingwood, Carlton, Brisbane. They're going to be ones to watch. But I know you said don't go for your own team, but I've got to be biased. I'm telling you, the Hawks. They are going to be an exciting team to watch. You look at the runners. We've got CJ, Weddle, Day, and McDonald. And uh, we're, going to be, can... we're going to be a really exciting team to watch with what Sam Mitchell's building. No, Jose, I'm with you. I think, obviously, I think who you actually support is a disclaimer. That's going to vault any given team straight to the top. I have to acknowledge that. But we're going to think, or at least over here, I'm not sure what Kane's got in store for us. We'll be surprised. But... Think a little bit differently about this. It might be as petty as you don't like the ground the team play on. It might be the camera angle. It might mm. be the commentator that always gets that game that you can't have. Yeah. Or the opposite, that vaults them up to the top. It might be something as simple as that. I mean, you are the viewer. You have the remote control. Yeah, and I, I factored in, do they play in front of large crowds? Because yep. large crowds creates a better atmosphere and you're more likely to watch if there's a better atmosphere. That's so, so I factored true. that in. So. So the Giants, I don't know, they're good to watch, but you've got to factor in the time slots, that, as you said, that they play in, the grounds they play on, and the poor crowds that they play in front of. How many did you have? Can I get a little little teaser in the top in the top category? I initially had two, okay. but I've now branched it out to four. Yeah, I've got four. Yeah, I've, got, I've gone with four. Uh, and then equally, I didn't want to be mean, but I thought we just had to be honest. The final category as well, I... I only had two, but I branched that out to three. There's just uh, 
I don't want to be seen to be picking on teams, but we just got to call it as we see it here. And as we said, at the end of the day, it's you and it's your appetite for certain teams. If you don't have it, we're just going to have to call it out. And we'll give so some brief we, explanations. What are we calling it? All right. The, the, the watchables. watchables. And I've All got right. the categories, which we might uh, reveal on the other side of this, how yeah. we're going to fold them in. Uh, SEM Breakfast is for Melbourne Airport Parking, of course. You can book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Uh, Alex, I can see you over there in North Lake WA and, and Benny as well in Roeville. We'll get to you in a moment. You want to unwind as you wander and set sail with Spirit of Tasmania. Just 69 bucks. What a deal that is. Conditions apply. Sam Edmund Cane Corns for the final time on Summer Brekkie. We'll be back after this. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Welcome back. Great to have your company this morning. It's a Thursday. Hope your day started well. We've got a prize to give away too here, Kano. A Signet Boost Power Bank 4495. Keeps your phone, your tablet, and your earbuds powered uh, 24 7. Um, Benny's in Roeville, just uh, on the open line. 1300 736 736. Benny, I think you're about to talk about something that's on our agenda, but fire when you're ready. G'day, Sammy and Kano. How are you, boys? Good, mate. I, um, you got to give. Sammy M and a pull your socks up, mate. Like, to come out and say the Blues are premiership favourites oh. and that anyone who doesn't see it doesn't know football, like, <laughs> give us a rinse, guys. Come did on, just, like. Did you just say it was Sammy Edmund? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wrong, no. wrong Sam, Ben, but that happens all the time. Now, <laughs> Sam you're, McClure. You're talking about... No, sorry, Sammy McClure. Yeah, sorry, I mean, Sammy you, McClure. knew what you meant, knew what you meant. Now, for those who aren't familiar with what you're talking about, Ben, this was uh, Sam McClure last night. But we need to address the elephant in the room. Carlton have to be premiership favourites. And if anyone tries to tell you down the street that they shouldn't be, they're not following the game properly. I have thought about this every single which way. They want for nothing. They have an excellent list. They've got two of the all-time great forwards of the last 20 years. And they've got a star-studded midfield. The Carlton Football Club have to go not one better than they went last year. They have to go two better. If they're not winning the premiership this year, something has gone wrong. So that was Sam McClure on 3AW last night. Kane, very strong take. I, I had to send him a text after I heard this. I said, hey, hey, I said, Sam, Harry Mackay, one of the all-time great forwards of the oh. last 20 years. Well, I mean, are, we, are you watching football? Yeah, I'd have him as a contender. I certainly the, wouldn't have them. the last it. 20 years. Yeah, it's a big call, isn't it? All time. And I'm not sure if they want for, they don't want for anything. Like, I, I would like another stable key defender back there. But, uh, and obviously, Jacob Wettering's going to miss the start of the season, it would appear. But uh, they're in the mix. Look, they're a contender. They're, they're, they're in the mix. Um, but, like, I, I guess, like we spoke about yesterday with Gold Coast and their strategic plan, it does dismiss how hard they are to win. So, so to say, if the Blues don't win the Premiership, something seriously has gone wrong. I think that's disrespecting the rest of the competition and how hard it is. Like, you, you sort of judge, if you can get to prelim final weekend, you're in the final four, and you put up a really strong performance, it's, it's hard to go past that as a successful year. If you perform really well in a prelim, and you just don't quite get mm. there, it's pretty hard to judge that as a failure. For any team, just because of how hard the competition is and there's injuries involved and all sorts of different things. But look, they're they're in the mix um, and let's see if they can handle the pressure of expectations on them that perhaps hasn't been 
on them like this for a while. Yeah, absolutely. It's the margins just get finer, finer and finer as you get to. Who are the, the all-time great forwards of the last twenty years? There's only be a handful. Like we're talking, we're talking Buddy. We're probably talking Josh Kennedy we're from talking the Eagles. We're Tom talking Hawk- Revolt. Tom we're talking Hawkins. Probably talking Cameron. We're not talking Harry Mackay. We're not even probably talking Charlie Kerno. Not yet. I wouldn't have thought. Nah. He's won a cut. He's won a cut. But he's on the he's on the runway. He's on yeah. the runway, perhaps. Um, okay. Uh, off the text, morning boys. Thanks for being uh, there for us all of this summer, Sam. By the way, uh, Jose is pronounced Jose. It's Spanish, mm. and Jay is pronounced as an H. Well, Greg, we were just talking about this before, and and J.K. Jordan Canellas is as cultured in this sort of stuff as anyone, and his theory is it's Jose if you're Portuguese, and it's Jose if you're Spanish. So I just uh, assumed Jose yeah. was Portuguese. So I've. I've rolled with that one off the top because Jose Mourinho was always Jose Mourinho being Portuguese. See, if Benny Lyon, our producer, was really switched on this morning, he would have actually just given you a heads up in your ears. He says, look, <laughs> it's pronounced Jose. And he would have said... But, but he's, just a bit, he's just a bit off. I mean, we all have our off day. Just at, at the moment, it's not to say that he's not going to really sharpen up by the time I doubt we it. get into the he's meat on the, of the show. I doubt he, it because it's day three for Benny and he's on the Red Bull already. Can you believe oh, it? Oh, no. He's coming with a Red Bull. He goes, I'm gassed. Day four. Sorry, mate. Sorry. I'm Breakfast gassed. Hang on. <laughs> You've been here for four minutes and you're on the Red Bull. And I admire the Red Bull, no sugar as well. Real discipline. <laughs> <laughs> Real healthy. What a joke. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Baz is in uh, Coburg just before we get into the newsroom. How are you, Bazza? Yeah, good morning, guys. Kane, Sam. Um, I reckon most watchable would be Adelaide. Oh, yeah, I don't want to give too much I, away, Bazza. I, I don't want to give too much away either. They feature prominently in my list, that is for sure. But uh, but we'll, we'll break it all down. I, I promised I'd give the categories. We'll do that on the other side. There's a bit of appetite for it off the text. And you will have your ideas as well because season's only a couple of weeks away, Kane. We are going to be doing a lot of watching, a lot of consuming. We don't, I don't know about you, but I don't watch every game. So I have to pick and choose. No. Well, it's, I mean, it's it's hard to watch every game. That, so that's the thing that I find. Some people say, "What's what's the what's the hardest part?" It's just been across all nine games. So that's, and it's really tiring if you're going to do it. Of course, you can catch up during the week, but time sort of moves on, and when when you travel as well. So this is why this is important. How do you prioritize which games you are watching from start to finish and fully across, and then the others you you sort of keep up to speed with as well. But if you're just joining us this morning, we are going to rank our most watchable AFL teams. If you had the AFL's version of League Pass, who is that number one team you're always clicking on to watch? It's going to call it the Watchables, and we're going to get into it throughout the, the morning. SEM Breakfast is some Melbourne Airport parking. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. And the call of the year is back, of course, thanks to Toyota. Your chance to win a 2024 Toyota Hilux GR Sport. There's stock available everywhere at the moment. Just contact your local dealer today. Nath Gardner's got the headlines. We'll be back on the other side. Nathan, thank you. Hey, Kane, I've got an update here on the... Uh, he's gone to work, Benny Lyon. Uh, you've, you've sparked him up here. An update, on, up him. an update on the Jose Jose uh, conundrum. Uh, well, he's called... I'll say he for now. He's called back in from Hastings. Now, the Spanish pronunciation, of course, is Jose. The Portuguese is Jose. But given our caller's uh, old man was Dutch, he goes by Jose. So he's introduced another one into the mix. So what hope have we got? Jose, Jose, Jose. Well, that's that's where you rely on a really switched-on producer. So, hey, mate, how would you like the boys to pronounce your name? Uh, Jose. 
Hey, Sammy, I got uh, Yoza on the phone. That's how you pronounce this next caller. You know what? I can't argue with any of that, Kane. Yeah. You're, you're on board today. You are absolutely hey, on board. Just before we get into the sports update, a mm. um, bit of angst. I've been all over the uh, footy landscape in West Australia after our mate um, Tim Gossage has been earning six figures as, a, as an ass simo man, and he knocked that back. But there's a bit of angst from the Eagle supporter about their song. Yeah. You would have you would have observed this for years. They hate they hate their song. They want a new song. So if, for those that aren't, they haven't won too many games. This this is how their song goes. Is that a bad song? Birds, kings of the, the big game. Yeah. Where the eagles? We're flying. We're flying. I'd have it in my bottom third. I see. I really like that song. Yeah. Yeah. So they got birds of. So there's been some angst around it. They got birds of Tokyo, the great Australian band. I think they're West Aussies themselves to redo the song. I I love the song. But it's polarizing at the moment. But isn't they it? hate they hate it. So I mean, the question I've got out there for you is who who has? So take your bias aside for your team. Who's got the best club oh. song? And the follow-up question to that is, does yours need to be reworked? Because Port Adelaide's is horrible. I've been saying this for years. Port, Port Adelaide's song is horrible. It needed a revamp about 10 years ago. They've refused to do anything about it. Never Tear Us Apart has sort of, I guess, filled a gap that mm. there is in the, in the, well, in the club. When you say update it, you mean give it a little spruce up or oh, a, a bit a, of an it, operation? Yeah, operation. Oh, yeah. really? It needs open heart surgery. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, it's an easy answer for me for the for the best one. Oh, the Blues are good. Uh, Giants. You like the Giants? I love the Giants. Uh, it got real cult status too coming into that grand final. I like the Giants. Of course, I like the Carlton one. Um, but give us your take. Uh, one I really like the um, I really like the players' version of the North Melbourne song. So they they do a bit of an extra thing at the start. When they get in 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 the rooms, I, I do like the North song. But anyway, does, does your club song? How do you feel about it? The Eagles fans hate it, even though they haven't heard it that much in the last two and a half years. They want a revamp. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. Uh, where do you sit with yours uh, as we gear up for a big season? Sports update: Aussie women's cricket team—they don't lose too often. Gee, they lost big time last night, posting two hundred and twenty-nine after a rain-affected forty-five overs. Uh, this was South Africa. Then they cleaned up the Aussies for just 149. So South Africa's first uh, win uh, in Australia against Australia in, in that format, Kane. They did it easily. Melbourne would be one of the most fascinating teams for me as we head into to the year. I think it was Jared Waitley the other day said if they, if they finished, if they won the premiership, you wouldn't be surprised. If they finished 10th, you wouldn't be surprised. That is sort of where we see Melbourne. A lot of questions over it. Not ideal, though, because they've been, well, they're going to be forced to field an undermanned and inexperienced forward line against Sydney in its season opener next month as lingering injury uh, worries, at, particularly their forward line. So they've got a lot oh. of injuries in their forward line. The forward line is decimated. So Harry Petty yeah. has gone there with, with uh, we'll get hopefully some detail on this today, a toe injury on the other foot yesterday. Oh, it's a fresh injury. A, a fresh one. Now, I don't know how severe it is, but if it's, if it's something like turf toe, then that's going to linger for a long time. Tom McDonald has a calf. Melksham, Brown and Fullerton already ruled out for the season start already. Pickett's suspended for round one, you'll remember. Shane McCannum's got a calf at the moment. Ben Brown's got a knee. Joel Smith has got his drugs case. It, it, tumbleweeds in that fall. I might be just Bailey mm. Fritch on his own inside 50, which might not be a bad thing. He's big Van Roy and he's right, isn't he? Oh, Van Roy's right. Be. Sorry, I forget about Jacob. Yeah, well, so the two it, of them up forward. If 
Um, and if there was an area of the ground they they couldn't afford to lose players, it was it was there. It's early and, and for a, it, it's early for a strong opinion at uh, six thirty seven, but never too early. They had the best opportunity to trade Harrison Petty of all time. Like the 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 value that was on offer for that player. Like if you, it was it was like selling your house during the absolute boom. Like the, what was on offer from the Crows. What if you him? like your house the way it is and you don't want well, to move? He'd had the Liz Frank injury. We don't know if he's going to be able to bed down and hold up as a forward. We've seen it for a couple of games. So there'd be some questions over whether he is a viable option as a key forward going forward. And Adelaide were putting ridiculous offers on the table, and he's probably going to go home anyway. So you you got to read the room at times. And I know it's convenient now that he's injured again, but I bet you they look back. Well, Melbourne fans look back and go, oh, okay, we, we could have got two first-round draft picks for him and Adelaide would have been sucked in and we could have cleaned up. In the end, we kept him. He leaves in 12 months' time and we didn't get that much out of him anyway. Well, if he leaves, I mean, he might stay forever and a day. Well, we, what, we do you think the, what do you think the chances of him staying forever and a day are? Uh, minimal, but you back yeah. yourself in as a club. I mean, that's what okay. you do. If he's if you think he's your guy and you can least afford to lose a player in that So you would have done what Melbourne had done and not traded him? If, well, if it means that he stays and they're in premiership contention and he kicks 30, 40 goals, then yeah. You don't have the luxury of looking into the future and saying that. You've got to make the call in real time. Yeah, you do. But you've, you'll have your hopes and they're clearly in the premiership window and their forward line's been an issue. So trading mm. someone out of their forward line who, who was proven in that part of the ground, I could understand why they didn't do it. I know Tom McDonald's been training as a defender all pre-season, but has been proven that he can play forward and swing forward. So break glass in case of emergency, perhaps if he's fit, which at the moment uh, he is not. A uh, bit of love for the Giants, but a lot of love for North Melbourne. Kane is the best uh, theme song going out there uh, if you had to put your own club to one side. Mm. And obviously some natural love for, for Richmond there as well. Um, off the text. Um, Rodos. Yeah. <laughs> It's a really good song, and the the play. I remember when North dominated Friday night footy, and they were winning premierships in the '90s. That that the players' version of that song. They used to get the star. I think it was a staff member. I'll speak to Kingy about it tomorrow. He used yep. to come in and sort of rev the boys up. Magnificent. Yep, Kingy belted that out a few hundred times. Uh, former Collingwood Richmond star Craig Stewart has become the latest former footballer diagnosed. With CTE, Kane, which is a concern, um, and uh, he's obviously the father of uh, James Stewart. Uh, Craig Stewart played most of his career at Collingwood and then at, at Richmond, 150 VFL games. Joins, obviously, uh, the likes of Danny Frawley, Polly Farmer, and the like to be diagnosed uh, after death with CTE. Collingwood coach Craig McRae is will for the club's two pre-season uh, hit-outs. He's handed the reins, the coaching reins over, that is, uh, he's already shown his ability to de- delegate in the last two years. He's had new defensive coaches, Jordan Roughhead and Lieutenant Hayden Skipworth. Big raps on Skippy. Yeah. Good guy, Skippy. Uh, so they're going to take control of the preseason in order to fast track their coaching development. It is early in Craig McRae's coaching career to be doing this. Or we've seen it a lot through the preseason, but usually really experienced coaches that have been there for a long time do it. It's only his third year. Uh, and already he's handing the reins over, probably uh, 
goes to show uh, how strong their coaching department is at at Collingwood. Not unusual for a coach to do that, but he's only three years in. He's no, still got to run. Yeah, that's what I just said. I oh, know. Sorry, I was just reading a text. <laughs> From Button, sorry. It was Thanks, for Thanks sorry, for mate. I, yeah. I normally do. I normally am really engaged. But what about this? This is my excuse from Button. How about the Eltham Turtles theme song? It's the same as the Tigers, but instead of yellow and black, it's shells on our back. I don't mind that. Yeah. Eltham, yeah, bring a local one to the table if you like. A little twist on things. Bunnings Trade can help you get back to work with amazing value on a huge range. I just like your point so much, Kane. I thought it was worth uh, reinforcing. Repeating. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's all right. uh, Rowan and Alex sit tight. We'll get to you after the break. Summer breakfast back in a month. Breakfast on SEN. Great pleasure to have you too, Sam Edmund, Kane Corns. We're up until 9 o'clock for the final time on Summer Breakfast this year. And if you are wondering, normal service uh, somewhat resumes uh, next week, Super Bowl Monday, to kick us all off. So just before we get to Rowan in Diamond Creek, Kane, these are the, the brackets that we're going to chuck our watchables in. They can't possibly miss and must watch, you know, the ones, the creme de la creme, the ones you have to sit down and what you're compelled to watch, clear my schedule. So yep. we'll have our clubs in the clear my schedule basket. And you've got four? I've got four at the moment of tinkering. The teams we always try to watch, but life and other things get in the way. You know, important things, they can get in the way. We don't like it, but it's reality. That will be known as this better be important. So you plan on watching them. Someone interrupts you. Well, this better be important because I like watching this side, but you do have to prioritise other things. The third tier of four is keeping an eye. You can leave it without regret, but if you're at home, might be on in the background. You might stop and watch a few minutes between mowing the lawn and, and washing the car. That is keeping an eye. And then the last bracket, most teams have been here, I need to say, at various stages over the journey. Now, that's going to be known as washing my hair. Put simply, you're just not watching it. Harsh, but true. And you've got two or three. I'm really toying with the third one. I think I've got three. I've got three now in the washing my hair basket that I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not watching. I don't plan on watching. If they happen to be on and and I'm sitting down bored, I might do it, but I'm pretty much doing anything else. Washing my hair. Harsh, but some clubs live there at the moment. At least for now. At least for now. Rowan's in. yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to uh, get Rowan in Diamond Creek up on the line. How are you, Row? Good, boys. How are you? We're going well. Enjoy your show. Um, if I had to watch uh, or teams to watch that are, um, yeah, that are worth it, I would say would be Collingwood, GWS, Adelaide and Hawthorne for entertainment and game style. Yep. Um, I would also like to ask a question in regards to growth of the AFL. Would or do you think um, Adelaide or South Australia and WA, could they put another team into the competition? Okay, Rowan. Well, we're going down to Tasmania next, of course. Kane, could Adelaide support a third team? Probably not. Because the crowds are amazing for both clubs. The appetite yeah. is there, and who? And I mean, who would it be? It'd have to be a, a, a Sandful club it that would, would yeah, it'd like be a Norwood a, or be a Nord or someone. There was some a rumor around Nord, yeah, there um, was wanting wanting to come in um, last year. I just don't think there's a population. What what it. membership base would Norwood have in the Sandful area? I'll put uh, you on the spot. Really there, but... strong traditional um, club, not not dissimilar to Port Adelaide, um, but in the 
that they're situated in the in the city uh, on the city fringe so different yeah. if, if that was the club that would be the club I would have thought uh, but, but I just don't think there's a the population to support it yeah maybe Perth's the same uh, Rowan I'm not sure I'm not overly au fait with Perth but it might be similar and then I guess the romantic idea is we, we chuck a team up in Darwin uh, whether yeah. that, that financially corporately uh, population wise that can be supported is uh, another question mark never been up to the to the top end came but um, clearly there's a push in some quarters for a team up there as well. Um, just before we break, maybe ever so quickly, Alex is in uh, North Lake. Alex, one of the new rules that were announced yesterday. Yeah, you had Laura came on saying that they're going to introduce a rule to allow a straight arm block in the ruck. That's right. Mm. It's buggy. I can't understand why they're doing it. The spirit and intention of the current ruck law states that the ruck whose sole objective is to contest the football shall be permitted to do so. Yeah, so this rule... Yeah, sorry, Alex. This rule is now written that you can do it as long as the ball is is still your priority. I, I love it because what it does, we, we've seen a lot of clubs experiment with smaller rucks and they've been able to get away with it. There was a, a famous free kick, Max Gorn, yep. against a lesser-known ruck. He puts his arm out and then tries to contest the ball. It's a free kick. Strength. So good luck if you're going to put Mitch Owens in the ruck versus uh, pick a name, Kieran Briggs. Yeah. You know, good 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 luck. So that, that, that gives the advantage back. So the ruck, we, we had Matthew Promise as a big dominant ruckman and he sort of did a similar move and they changed the rules because it was an absolute joke. Well, Melbourne put something on their socials yesterday saying we know yeah. one ruckman who's happy with the rules and it was Max getting it's pinged. A good, it is with a all good rule change. Straight arms. I like um, it, Alex, to be honest yeah. with you. I, I'm sort of with Kane on this one, but uh, you can have your say uh, like Alex on the open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. of course. Hey, Choices Flooring, you can revive and redesign your homes with the Spaces for Living Sale. And it's, it's on at the moment at Choices Flooring. They've got 20-plus discounted styles. Uh, Kane, the 40 Wings Temper text, 0433981116. they got the all-new Temper Pro. It's the most adaptive mattress ever. Your man got taken down yesterday. Your man got taken down in a blaze of glory. Who? I'm going to tell you about that next. Oh, I'm intrigued. Back after this. Summer Breakfast on SEN. All right, who got taken down? Your man, Jacob Gaynor, got taken down oh. badly. You've been obsessed oh. by the social media manager of the Giants, and he had a bad day hey. yesterday. It's a long story, but it goes to the fact that uh, Collingwood posted a, a, a video of their new facilities, which was once a netball facility. Yeah. The Giants then reposted that with one of their AFLW players and one of their AFL players with a thumbs up saying, looks good. Yep. Got a good reaction. Tick nailed it. To the Giants. They yep, absolutely nailed that. Not for the first time. Uh, but yesterday they announced a, a partnership with a wagering company, the Giants, and there's a, a video that they have uh, released with that. And then North Melbourne <laughs> have reposted the same picture that the Giants posted to Collingwood. Yep. However, there is a Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation logo over one of the faces and there is a North Melbourne logo over the other and they said, looks good, yeah. with the thumbs up. Well, what I would say to that is That's what I said to you on this. Even Jordan's balls drop games from time to time. Okay? That didn't mean they weren't the greatest of all time. So just take the L as a tough, tough assignment for, for Jacob, to be fair. Well, but even- what, he has, what he has done is risen the standard. So everyone's chasing the Giants and he, he has risen the standard of every other club's social media department. And on this occasion, 
North stepped up and had a big win. And worth mentioning because he's been a hunter for so long. Now he's one of the hunters. <laughs> they're coming for him now. Yeah, they're coming so for him. They're Look coming out. for him hard. There's a few bitter folk out there in rival media uh, departments in the AFL who want a piece back. The Watchables. We're going to rate the AFL teams for 2024 on watchability after this. Breakfast on SEN. And on the top of the morning to you, wherever you're listening uh, across the country or even international, got a text coming through from Singapore early, which we'll get to in a moment as well. This is SEN Summer Breakfast. It has just gone 7 o'clock on this Thursday morning and, and wherever you might be, I hope your commute or your, your breakfast or your run to school is going well this morning. We're about to get into the watchables. We're going to rank the AFL teams to 2024 on watchability because we're all consumers, Kane, whether it be in the stands or at home on the couch, and we all pick and choose who we watch. We're going to do our best to rank them on watchability going forward. Michael Bridge from the UK. We've got three teams in the EPL title race at the moment. In fact, we've got a couple of FA Cup games on this morning as well that we'll keep an eye on as well. Uh, Chelsea and Aston Villa are about to get into their replay from uh, from about now. So Michael Bridge will bring us up to speed with the EPL. Uh, Justin Rodsky from the Melbourne Storm. They've got a game coming up in, uh, in Fiji, of course, and a big season ahead. And in this Olympic year, we've got long jumper Brooke Bushkull about to join us at, uh, at 8.40. Uh, she's a long jumper, a dual Commonwealth Games silver medalist, seventh at Tokyo, uh, the Tokyo Games as well. Questions without notice ahead of us. We've still got a Signa Boost power bank to give away. And you're in fine form, Kane Corns. I just saw you shadow boxing during the break. So you're just oh, keeping yourself nice and sharp, which is good. Just trying to keep myself sharp. Yeah, gearing up for a, a big footy season, which is not too far away. So we be, this has been in the works for a while. Sammy, explain the concept for us and, and how we can get our magnificent audience involved this morning. So we're going straight to the lounge chair this morning, Kane. This segment, the watchables, who do we want to watch? Criteria we workshopped a bit. Might be things like scoring power, close games, style of play, the star power, the marquee names, those who can do the impossible. Perhaps it's the schedule. How many primetime games do they have? Perhaps it's the commentators who typically does your Sunday or Saturday twilights. And obviously who you support is the disclaimer. You'll have them at the top as a, a cannot miss as well. The categories, clear my schedule for those that uh, you just simply cannot miss. Uh, this better be important is our second tier. Uh, keeping an eye is our third tier. And our final bracket, which I said before, all teams have been here, but I want to be overly harsh. Washing my hair is the fourth tier. Those that, look, you could miss and there'd be no problem. Yeah, I felt like there needed to be a category somewhere in between keeping an eye and washing my hair. So not quite as bad as washing my hair, but not quite as good as keeping an eye. Are you bringing this to the table at five past but, seven? <laughs> but I'll explain as we go through <laughs> Didn't it. think to raise that yesterday. No, well, I, I thought five categories is too many, but it was difficult because... There's some teams that you can take it or leave it, but you still sort of want to keep your keep your eye across them. Who you got? Who, who are the ones for you? Who are the marquee games that you will not be missing this All year? All right, clear my schedule. Collingwood, uh, obvious. Play the game in a way you can't not admire. Flair, dare, risk-taking, speed, pendles at one end of the age demographic, Dacos at the other. They've got star power everywhere, big crowds, big noise, and they've got a penchant for the close game, which I love. Yeah, I got Collingwood as well for all of those reasons. But they just they take risks. They take the game on. They play aggressive. They do things that other teams don't do. Love the way that their backs um, play really high and, and do play aggressive. When the ball hits the deck in their back fifty, they swarm on it and then they go. And I think they're the best team with their hands, like the, their ability to use quick hands in traffic and to take a few risks. Not always pays off, and you can turn the footy over and it can cost you as it has from time to time last year. But 
we called them the the Collingwood Globetrotters last year, and and they're absolutely there, and and the the crazy crowds as well, just to add to the atmosphere, and everyone wants to bring their best performance against Collingwood, so that they're they're now the hundred, and I think the intensity of Collingwood games will rise this year, and we won't be missing too many of them. You can pull us up at any moment here too, by the way, whether you disagree or agree. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The 40 Wings Tempers 0433981116. And this forms part of our conversation starter for the Drain Man. Of course, you want to call the experts if you've got drain problems. They are the Drain Man. Who else you got in the uh, the clear so schedule? Yeah, i got the Crows. I, I, I watch the Crows when they're on. I, I love their brutal game style. I think Matthew Nix has a defined game style. They play a finals-like brand where they're really competitive they win clearance, they tackle, they turn the ball over from the opposition. They got the great forward six, so the star power in their forward six I want to watch. Uh, and this year they're going to get a lot of marquee slots. So as a bit of a makeup for the goal review stuff at the end of the year, they basically got all the requests that they put in for the AFL. So lots of Thursday, Friday night um, games that they're going to get in marquee situations. And then there's the expectation. Can, can they handle it? So can they deliver on what we think they are good enough to and will the players be able to live up to that? So there's a watchability around that as well. So lots of aspects there. I'm not missing them either. The Leyland Brothers yeah. last year, 10 different venues. You mentioned the primetime appeal. They've got three Thursdays, three Fridays. They've got a good Friday meeting with Freo. They've finally got a home standalone showdown against Port, and they're hosting Geelong, Melbourne, Essendon, and Richmond in primetime slots. So I'm with you. Big expectations, big scoring power, and the Adelaide Oval atmosphere, much is made of that. But it's fantastic even yeah. through the TV and they played in six games decided by a goal or less last year. So there's that excitement value as well. And the star power of Rankin and Rochelle and those guys. So I've, I've got them in there too. Who else you got? I've got the blues in there. Probably not much need to explain on this star power everywhere, which was spoken about Kerno Cripps Walsh, a fanatical fan base. And what we probably need to acknowledge with them is good or bad. It's hard to look away. Like if it's going horrifically, you can't not watch. And if it's going brilliantly, then it's crazy as well. And how can you not be glued for Harry Mackay's first set shot of 2024. So yeah. they were the ultimate roller coaster and could easily be that again. And like Collingwood, they are the primetime Kings uh, this year. And that appeals to most people. Definitely got the Blues in there. The brutal midfield that they've got, the forward line expectations, the fan expectations, the competition expectations, and the fact that they're due, which brings a whole level of pressure this year. So... Uh, we're three from three at the moment. I think we'll probably be four from four. I've got Brisbane. They've got the best small forward um, group in a long time. I, look, I said it repeatedly last year. I can't remember a group of small to medium forwards this good. Bailey, McCarthy, Cameron, Rayner, Zorko when he's yep. down there. Speaking of Zorko, I want to watch him because I don't know if he's going to lose his head. So there's a watchability Around that, they run off half back. They intercept off half back. Their midfield is really strong. They play football the right way. Brisbane are right up there for me in terms of, uh, I mean, clearly they're up to their eyeballs in winning the premiership. And they got some good youngsters as well. Like we're, we can't wait to see Ashcroft come back. Fletcher came in and played with, just just took the game on from from the minute he stepped into that side and was important for them. So, uh, if Brisbane are on my TV this year, I'm watching. Now, I've got them there as well, but I've also got another team, and I've kept this back from you. And this might you be controversial. Four. I know, but I've got five, and I've, I've put a bit of thought into this. Late adjustment. I've got Gold Coast in there. I'm not no. missing the sun. No, listen, hear me out. Please. I know. Highest finish of 12th in 13th season. That's all obvious. But they've just pulled off the boldest move in their history, snaring Hardwick. My fascination with what they can do with him, 
I'm not missing it. They've declared finals the benchmark. They want to win a flag within three years. Can they finally do it? Now, clear my schedule at least for the first six to eight rounds because I've got enormous (laughs) curiosity on what they can produce. Can they finally, Kane, put it together up on the Gold Coast? Yeah, no, I'm not stomaching that one. I'm not copping that. Them playing in the sun in front of 7,000 people doesn't excite me. No, but I'm not not sitting in in the outer. I'm at home, and it's my choice. You can't take it away from me. I'm clearing my (laughs) schedule for the Suns. I just want to see what he's been able to do in a few months. Yeah, no, I can't can't come with you on that one. All right, this four. This better be... yeah, no, and I've got I've got Brisbane in there as well. So I've gone the five, you've gone the four. This better be important. So this is our uh, next tier. Yeah, so a lot of people would have had GWS in the first clear my schedule category. I didn't. They do. They play a nice style, and you feel like with the Giants, they can come back and win from anywhere. And there's a belief in the group that is really watchable. But I downgraded them on some points, watchability points, where they play, the, the Canberra. Giants stadium, low crowds, mm. terrible time slots, B-grade commentary teams covering their games. <laughs> um, and that dilutes the atmosphere. So whilst I, there's a lot of watchability points, I had to deduct some, which just got them down a rung into the next category. Yeah, I've got them there too. And Toby Green gets them there for me. And they do have athletes everywhere. Love that back line. But for all the reasons you articulated, I've just got them in this better be important category. All right, who else you got? I've got Port Adelaide in there. I guess the constant conjecture over Ken's future won't go anywhere despite the contract. Uh, the president's outspoken. They'll ride the week to week as much as anyone. But they've got amazing next generation talent, don't they? Butters, the new captain, Rosie. How does Radigalia help them? How does Soldo help them? Horn Francis will just always be a much discussed player. Uh, it better be important if you want to take me away from a port game. Yeah, I got port in there as well. I've also got the Western Bulldogs um, because it is a little bit like driving past a car crash. You have to watch. I've got them there too. And when it works, they look like a Ferrari on the highway, and it is humming. I love they, their they style. Can sc- they can score as quickly as anyone. Their forwards can get a hold of you. Their mids are star-studded. they got good young key position players. Everett. When it works, it works. But when it doesn't, you are slowly driving past the car crash, and you're waiting for Bevo after the game to give you something in the, in the post-match media conference. So for varying reasons, good and bad, the Western Bulldogs, I'll definitely be, uh, I'll definitely be watching this. Got them there too. I want to see Jamara. I want to see Darcy. And dare I say it, I want to see Riley Sanders. Dan off the text. Kane, call the doctor. Sam isn't well. Michael, no, he's not. Carlton has to be the most overhyped team. Entertaining, sure. Well, that's what this is about, Michael. That's it. But they You're fall, ac- they fall across the line. And with Gold Coast, I'm predicting here. I'm predicting what's going to happen. You wouldn't watch them last year. And I'm, I'm canvassing yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But they fell, they fell across the line so many times last year. They're not convincing winners. Again, Michael, that's part of the allure. They'll need to improve drastically to be serious contenders. That's Michael. All right. Keeping an eye. This is our third. Hang tier. on. Hang on. Oh, oh you got more. I've got a guy. Yeah. Oh, I've got my more. apologies. I've got Geelong. Geelong, um, I'm keeping an uh, So whilst the Cats still have Hawkins, Cameron, Stewart, and Dangerfield in the lineup, I'm watching. Hang on. This, is, this better be important. This is your second yeah. tier. No, yep. yeah, this is the, are you still yep. in the second tier? I, I thought you'd moved on. No, no, we're with you. Okay, good, good. I got the cats. Have you got the cats in there? No. Why not? Uh, fading force for me. The cats. I've got them. I'm just keeping an <laughs> eye on them. Fading force. Uh, I, for me, look, still some major star power there, but some of it. Geez, we drop off quickly. Oh, well, the, that's the, what the previous year <laughs> in the back half they were 
tantalising. Very they nice state. Very jumping nice. Jumping on landmines and winning everything and beating up on the opposition. Hey. You've dropped off quick. Moves quick. Very nice right. stadium now. It's all done, so that's nice. But what happens on the field is more important. I'm just not that stirred by what we might see. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. All right. So they're not in there. Have you got any, anyone else in this? No, nah, I've got I've got a lot of teams in the keeping the eye category. To be okay, honest. so I've just got one more. I've got Sydney still in this. Better be important. No, they're, they're they're stacked with young players. Golden Warner, Campbell, Wicks, McInerney. Papley's there. He's watchable. The best celebrator in football. Heaney's there. Logan McDonald, can he break out? Blakey, the lizard, just streaming off. Her. If you don't have Sydney in this, better be important. What are you even doing? No, I've got him in keeping an what? eye for one reason. And I, I like it when Sydney go hard through the corridor. The counter-attack style is exciting. And for all the reasons you mentioned, I agree with you. But I share the point that was made by Benny Lyon yesterday, and I wholeheartedly agree with it. This I is hate your it. list. This I hate it. This is your list. This no, isn't Ben's list. I hate it. He agreed with me. I hate watching games on TV at the SCG. <laughs> when are they going to improve that camera angle? It does my block. That's <laughs> too low. You can't. The depth, it's shocking. It's very petty. Shocking visual. It's irritating. It's not a good spectacle. And uh, I have to watch it. So I, I can't sit there. and I struggle to watch a full game. At the SCG. Yeah, the call me Petty. list of young talent and speed and ball use in the league, and you've dropped them down a category because of a couple of poor angles hey, at the SCG. I'm at, I'm at home with the remote control. It's watchability, all right? They might go on to win the premiership, but I don't enjoy watching them. <laughs> Conversation starters are for the drain, man. Weather update today for City Power. This summer, make sure you're prepared for any extreme weather and sign up for SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify. How about this uh, Melbourne today? Benny Lyons. This is good producing, Kane. He says, headed for a top of 23. Winds uh, out of the south to southwest up to 27 kilometres now. The humidity is at 87%, but the UV index is low. The moon is a waning crescent, so no precipitation. <laughs> We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Plenty of footy around at the moment. We're just working our way through the watchables at the moment. Just something a little bit different on uh, on summer breakfast. And, and thanks for playing along with us. I, I think we're up to keeping an eye, are we not, Kane? Our third tier. We are. We've dipped our toe into already. I've got the Saints. I, I just... Keeping an eye, I just can't be wooed by a side that only outscored Hawthorne, North and West Coast last year. Now, Max King is going to be back. Awesome. Owens, Filippo, Windhager, some great young talent. I'm keeping an eye on that. The Ross Lyon press conference has also had me keeping an eye, but just as far as the pure aesthetics of the game style go, I just can't put them any higher. Yeah, this was, they were lucky to not be in the washing my hair category for me. Oh, wow, Excuse really? Me. That is severe. Yeah, the, the only reason they were saved, because they have added some run and some leg speed, they only scored 100 points twice last year. So yeah. they, need to, they need to score more. Uh, when they're on, it's like, eh, you know, Marvel Stadium on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, lowish crowds, low atmosphere, low scoring, boring, <laughs> don't really need to be watching. Sounds like they're a bit high for you. Uh, You've got to be honest with yourself here like I am. Now, Melbourne. Now, w watching a team huff and puff but not be able to blow the house down, and I'm speaking of their disconnect between their otherwise dominant midfield and their forward line, is just a bloody hard watch. It's like that annoying character in an otherwise excellent TV series you're streaming. And for that reason, I'm only keeping an eye. I don't support Melbourne. I've got no affiliation with Melbourne, and I'm frustrated watching them from time to time. I, I can't even imagine 
how they rusted on died in the wall membership base feel watching it. I'm time. with you, Sammy. I'm with you. They just feel like they play in ordinary games, ordinary game style. Like they're scrappy games. Like I admire Melbourne and I admire how competitive and how combative they play. And I, I love Petrarca and I like Gorn. I like Bailey Frick, but there's no real star power in that lineup. That uh, Cosy Pickett's probably the exception to that. He flashes through your screen. Oh wow, that's that's amazing. Some of the stuff he does, but just feel like Melbourne games are ordinary. The connection between their mids and their forwards are ordinary. And until they get a forward capable of kicking me seventy goals, I probably think they remain in this category. I've also got the Tigers, and like the Saints, gee, honestly, I would have liked to have put them in the washing my hair. But the only reason I didn't was one man, and that's Dustin Martin. Right. That is the only, and, and, and Shea Bolton. I, I'm a big fan of Shea Bolton. But what are Richmond games going to be like this year? What, what's the reason to watch Richmond? What, Kaczynski in the fourth? Or what? Yeah, well, they got the new make, coach. Make, they might be makeshift some, defenders. They brought the camel in. A lot of 30-year-olds running around, hacking the footy forward and turning it over. I can probably do without. Well, Dave, as I said earlier, dropped us a text from Singapore. He's wondering if his message got through to us. Dave, if you're still listening, it has. He says, Richmond's latest Instagram post, uh, have you seen it? Uh, Shea Bolton, he looks like he's dropped two kilos, super fit, ready to explode. Might finally put a complete season together. So he is definitely worth watching if he's going to play at the level we think he's capable. To be fair, he put a complete season together in 2022. His season was unbelievable. So to be fair to him there, but... Yeah, him and, and Dustin Martin are the only reason. Now, if I was being really harsh, I just didn't want to upset the very sensitive Richmond supporter base this morning. So I didn't drop them to washing my hair, but they well and truly could have been there. Essendon's here for me, at least to start. Now, if they improve, and they might well do, then happy to bump them up. But for me right now, I'm just keeping an eye on the bomb Bombers. Yeah, I'm with you on the, on the Bombers, Sammy. And I've also got... Hawks. Gold Coast. Oh, Gold Coast down there. Too low. Gold Coast in there. Uh, I actually had the Hawks in the, the above category, um, which we didn't get to before, so that was my okay. bad. But uh, I'm watching the Hawks this year. But, yeah, no, Gold Coast are with me. Keep in mind. I can, I can do without. I'm Anderson, Rao, um, and Miller are the constants in that midfield. Apart from that, there's not much else to watch. All right. Uh, washing my hair. Now, as you said, all teams take their turn down here. This is the one that you can happy to... You're happy to miss. You might even know. You might even not know you're missing them. They're that irrelevant to you at home. I think we've got the same three. <laughs> so, go go on then. Get into it. I'll, I'll, well, I've gone West Coast. I, I did think about bumping them up to keeping an eye just because of the Harley Reid factor, but it, I've got fatigue on that. Uh, the back front page of the West Oz uh, scored 200 points less than the next lower scoring side in North. It is amazing how bad they were. So they have to live here for now. I have to. I just had West Coast, no thanks. Um, in, in my group, no, don't need to watch West Coast. And, and the other thing that's annoying about West Coast is that it affects the rest of the competition and those that get them twice, uh, particularly last year in the lead-up to the finals. It affects the common medal race and those kicking big bags against them, as we saw with Walker and, and many others, Kernel a couple of times, um, which, is a, which is a blight on the competition, and they have been a blight on the competition. So hopefully, hopefully much more competitive, not in terms of win-loss, but in terms of not affecting the rest of the competition in a couple of those metrics. I've got North as well. At times last year, honestly, you were watching and, and AFL footballers under no pressure could not hit a 30-metre drop punt and they, they would turn it over. The skill level was deplorable at North. And, yep, there's some reasons to watch now and the midfield is, is really exciting and Davies Uniac is electric and I, I love watching him and hopefully a couple of the others 
come through. But right now, there's there's no real need to watch North with the standards of, of ball use and their inability to actually hit a target. I agree. Uh, off the text, uh, LDU Brownlow, nothing more certain this season. So They won't win enough games. She's all Wardlaw. These guys are going to be stars. But for now, I'm with you as a neutral. I'm struggling to get excited. And then I really... I, I, I had them initially, this club, a tad high just because I've got a morbid curiosity with what might happen with Justin Longmill. But I've put Fremantle here. There's, you hate Fremantle. I don't you hate them at all. You've got a real set against Fremantle. Don't, don't be silly. I've worked you out. The last couple, I've worked you out. Are they in your washing my hair bracket? <laughs> yeah, they Thank are. Thank you. They are just so boring to watch. I just Their style. I mean, I, I want to like them. They've got some exciting players. They're so boring. Do they, do, hang on. Do they? Can I pick you up on that? Do they have some exciting players? Well, I don't yeah, know if they I, do. I, I like watching Brayshaw. I like watching Sarong. Yeah, I think they, Luke Jackson's an exciting? athlete. Like Brayshaw and I Sarong think Amos are, are can ta- be a star. Tenacious so, burrowers, and they get a lot of the footy, but I don't know if they're exciting. That's why I don't have... Like, just doesn't, move the ball quick, right? Yeah. Just no chipping sideways. They're well off Broadway anyway, as far as the TV schedule goes. Of course, they're not going to get any favours there. Twilight games and the like that you just... You're cooking your stir fry. You don't even. The kids are watching something else. Just, I, I, I no, no words. I've got uh, on there. As a team, have they had the least amount of star players in their short journey? Like, if you're putting together Fremantle's Hall of Fame now, is it the weakest group of Hall of Famers from Fremantle? You said I've of, got a set against Fremantle. Now, we'll just ball this with me. So we, we've got Pavlich and we've got Fife. It drops off. It's pretty grim. Like well, if you like, go to the so well, they're go to two the of the biggest. They're two of the biggest superstars I understand in the that, modern but era. Go to the Adelaide Football Club, a team that has come in at a, a similar time, and, and you look through their Hall of Fame and compare the quality of Adelaide's to Freo. We got McLeod. We got Rusciuto. We got mm. Goodwin. We got Modra. We got Betts. We got whoever. Like they just roll off the tongue. Go to Fremantle, and you're going. Well, there's Pav and there's Fife. So I don't know. I just think they need. They need some genuine stars. And right now on their list, who are they? Fife doesn't play anymore, so rule rule him out. He's, he's he's good for five games a year. Amos, hopefully, but he's sort of your third floating forward. He's never mm. going to be the Pavlich for them. And Brayshaw and Sarong are, are really good, honest, admirable players that are going to probably end up in Fremantle's Hall of Fame. But after that, I'm, I'm not sure what there, there's there. I think I've said enough, and you've said enough for both of us. Rob's in Strathmore before we get to the newsroom. How are you, Rob? Yeah, g'day, guys. Um, this is an interesting discussion, and a lot of people's opinions are based on bias. I'm an Essendon supporter. I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but I think by the end of the season, Sam Walsh will be the best footballer in the league. His finals have... Um, appears considering he was injured most of the year was phenomenal. And I think with a full preseason he'll um he'll he'll go to the next level again. Mm. Not a bad observation, Rob. I think it's his first full preseason he was saying for the three years, maybe. At least two. Last couple have been yeah, wouldn't look, it wouldn't surprise you if he if he won the Brownlow. They're, I mean the Brownlow's in good hands. What one of those real young gun mids, Golden or yep. Butters or Rosie. Walsh or Dacos or one of those will, will win it. It's in, it's in pretty good hands. Yeah, there's a stack of footy around yesterday, so we'll broaden the net a little bit after this. Michael Bridge is going to join us from the UK shortly as well. We'll catch up on where things are at with the Premier League. Melbourne happy Storms list. CEO just to, yeah, I'm happy enough. Well, it's, yeah, you can't. I think, uh, you, I think you did a good job. It's <laughs> likewise. Well, it's all, it's all very personal. It's it's personal taste. Uh, who do you want to watch? We started positive, ended. 
Leonard Lesso. Uh, Justin Rodsky's going to join us. Uh, and in this Olympic year, long jumper Brooke Bushkel's ahead of us as well. Nath Gardner's in the house. He's got the news headlines back in a moment. Yes, he is back. Uh, FA Cup action this morning. Uh, score check if you uh, don't want to know it. Look away now. Chelsea 2, Aston Villa nil. 35 minutes in halftime. Nottingham Forest 1, Bristol City. They are the fourth round replays in a great competition that is the FA Cup. Did What did you... The Brisbane Lions got fined yesterday. I don't know if you saw yeah. this. $20,000, half of that uh, suspended for uh, what was called a breach of the AFL concussion guidelines. So uh, without going into it fully, Sophie Conway wasn't concussed in the end in the grand final, but the Lions were fined after their doctor was late to discover a text message from a concussion spotter in the arc advising that Conway should be tested. Conway then passed the test, but the club was fined for a non-deliberate breach of the protocol. So she was uh, playing when she shouldn't have been for a, a small period of time, a handful of minutes. So more of a procedural fine than than anything sort of, um, you know, uh, more serious. It was on the lower end of the scale. But what about club staff getting text messages from the arc? Yeah, it felt, felt harsh. Um, felt amateurish too, didn't well, it? Well, well, put yourself in the position of the doctor. It's not as if he's sitting on the bench twiddling his thumbs. There's stuff going on everywhere. And I'm told it was really hectic at that time. Players were coming on and off. There was head wounds and everything. It was a really combative game. I've got sympathy and and there needs to be a better way. A conduit between the club doctor and the ARC more so than directly to the club doctor who's got a whole heap of stuff going on and that can vary from game to game. Uh, Port Adelaide got that $100, sorry, $100,000 fine for the Allier one. Um, so, look, you can't be critical of the AFL for taking this stuff really seriously, but they'd have to look at their own process to, and, to, and to go, well, is, is this the best way we could be doing yeah, this? Yeah, acknowledge that you can't win on concussion at the moment, and nor should you, and that's completely fair enough. This is There was back and forth for months, though. I think the AFL wanted to find them more, and really? Brisbane really dug in uh, for the fight to have half of it suspended. I find it's, it's quite... Not funny is not the right word, but she wasn't even concussed and they, and they got fined. So in the end, the club's assessment was right because she said, no, no, I'm just fatigued. I staggered and fell over because I've cooked. So the doctor yeah. said, yeah, you, you look fine. But the text had come through from the ARC saying you need to test her. And he met, so yeah, and it opens up a big can of worms, really. I mean, we see players stumbling a fair bit. Like you can you can sort of be shaken without being concussed or you can be winded and, and you've got someone upstairs that wants to spot that send a message to the doctor. How, how many players are we going to be getting off the ground? It's a big process to get them off, take them underneath to test them mm. and then get them back on if they're cleared. So, oh, yeah, as I've said a couple of times, you wouldn't want to be a club doctor. One thing we didn't moment. ask. It is a thankless oh, pro- profession. Yeah, thankless. 100%. Yeah. Um, one thing we didn't ask uh, Laura Kane yesterday was, you know, with the sub, whether the sub, we did ask a lot of questions. We asked a lot. <laughs> Probably asked too many. <laughs> Could the sub come on straight away while the player's being assessed? It has to be. I said this like that. It has to be. Because at the moment, clubs are shortchanged for a period it's of... It's ridiculous that you can't inject that sub straight away. And then if the player's clear, then you get them off. If not, they stay there. Just yeah. that, mate. That, mate. Clearly, they haven't done that because there's been no announcement on it. But that should be the case. Conversation starters are for the drain, man. We're going to go over to the UK on the other side of this uh, volcano. Michael Bridge uh, is our man over Did there. Did we offend anyone with our rankings? I haven't, um, I haven't been brave enough no. to peruse the uh, no. timber text. No, no not really. It wasn't for everyone, it must be said, but it's a lateral thought and people don't like change, do they, when you try to do something a little bit different. But mm. I just feel we're all about to spend a lot of time watching the game. Why don't we throw them in the watchables and, and break it all down? We make the choice 
on on a, on a level that perhaps we're not even aware of weekend to weekend. Oh, do I want to yeah. watch that? No. Do I want to watch that? Not missing it. Anyway, it'll all be up online at sen.com.au. I'm sure you'll hear about it later, Kane. It's still got that Signa Boost power bank to give away as well. So we'll call it today. 44.95 keeps everything fully charged. And tickets are on sale now for the Lumo Energy Speak Up Cup. It's this Saturday night. The Mavs and the Victorian men's netball team are coming together at Waverley Netball Centre to speak up about gender-based violence and proceeds from every ticket sold will go towards ender, ending gender-based violence. Buy your ticket now at the link on the website, melbournemavericks.com. Back in a moment. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Well, it's getting down to money time in the English Premier League title race and what a race it is. A three-directional one. Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City separated by two points. 15 games to go. Ange Postacoglu, Spurs sit fifth. And it's time to welcome in our man from Sky Sports who knows it inside and out. The football, the boxing, the darts, everything we love over there. Michael Bridge, welcome to you, Mick. Guys, good morning. How are you? Great to have you on. How's, how's life over there in, uh, in the old dart? It's not too bad. It's still a bit cold, uh, but I mean, in, for for Ange, it's it's his players back now ahead of uh, a couple of home games coming up. He'll be pleased. Um, so yeah, I think we're in for a very exciting second half of the season. How do you reckon coaches think about uh, you know international duties, especially something like the Asian Cup? Do you reckon Ange would have been shattered that uh, the Korea Republic were knocked out? Well, you know what? It's funny. On Friday, I asked him that question because they, they played Australia and he gave a, a brilliant answer, as always. You know, he's he, you know, he's, he's really proud of the Asian Cup. And he said, you know, I want if, 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 if South Korea beat Australia, I want Son to go the whole way. I really do. And I think he meant that. Unfortunately for Son, they lost 2-0 to Jordan yesterday. So he is on his way home. He'll be back training your, well, Thursday afternoon. So it's Thursday for you boys at the moment. So, uh, yeah, he'll be training in the afternoon. On on Thursday, I think it will be very very light, if if anything at all. To be honest with you, he's he's, he's had two bits of extra time, group stages, semi final heartache. I'd be surprised if he starts on Saturday, but he's got him back. He's got Basuma back, so I think there's a possibility, guys, this weekend. But the next, Ange Postecoglou will have a full strength team for the first time this season. Well, that's exciting. Michael, mm. last time I spoke to you, I think that they'd got off to a really hot start and uh, the expectations were trying to be tempered because the conversation was a long, long season. Let's see how it goes as the season rolls on. The season is rolling on and they're still going pretty well. How, how have you observed their development throughout the hot start and, and into sort of the middle of the season now? Yeah, I think the last time... I was on with you guys, he probably had, still had about seven or eight players out, seven or eight senior players out. He didn't moan about it, but of course it did make an it, it didn't make a change. It made, made a difference, you know. You know, I think Spurs would have been genuinely, I believe Spurs would have been second or third and in that title mm. race if they didn't have those injuries. But you know, everyone listening to you now in, interested in the English Premier League will all say, Well, you know, Arsenal, we've had injuries, Man United have had injuries, Man City have had a couple of injuries. And that's true. But I just feel Spurs have just had them all at the same time. Um, and it's his first season. But the positive is they're still up there. They're still in there. And I have to say, I, and I know, I know I bore people here with it. Every time a Spurs drop points, I have to remember they are now without the best striker in the world in Harry Kane. You know, he's not there. You know, and Antonio Conte, Mourinho, they had that luxury of, you know, 
maybe not playing so well, but calling on Harry Kane at the very end to bail them out. He doesn't have that luxury this year. Um, you know, look, if they finish fifth now, I think that's a very, very good first season for him. But I've just got a good, I've just got a feeling that it could end it could end very positively. Now, Michael, uh, whenever a manager of the calibre of Jurgen Klopp says, uh, thanks but no thanks, I've had enough, I'm out at the end of the season at Liverpool, that creates all sorts of uh, ripple effect. Now, Ange has naturally been linked to the Liverpool job, which I imagine uh, has sent a, a shiver up your spine. How's it all looking over there? Is that the stuff of fantasy or do you think there might be you know, some fire to the smoke? Well, you're absolutely right. It did send a shiver down my spine. But I, I must say, in the era of you know, Twitter, internet, Instagram, what you, you know, a breaking news story, like out of nowhere, mm. like, like what we had a couple of Fridays ago is so rare. And it was quite a day. I have to say, um, a guy who's absolutely revolutionized Liverpool, taking them to another level. Uh, that was the first shock. Then it was the contenders. And, you know, the, a lot of the Liverpool based journalists have put Ange Postecoglou the fight like in, in contention, which I, I think that's fair because he's done a great job at Spurs. He's very good with the media. He's got some, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> but the overwhelming favourite is Xabi Alonso at, at Leverkusen in Germany, who is absolutely doing an extraordinary job over there. An ex-Liverpool player, of course. So he's the clear favourite. Now, if he turns out and says, I don't want the job, I'm, I'm on another year in Germany, which he could easily say because he's still relatively young. That's when I might start worrying. I just feel, I recording this just in case, but I just feel they'll go with someone potentially maybe younger. I think Ange and Klopp are very similar ages. And I also going to give Ange credit here. I don't think he'd leave Tottenham when he's, he's not finished with them. He's far from it. If he was in his third year, I'd, I'd be worried. I, I would be, yes. But when he left Celtic, he was done. And I think, you know, in other clubs, in Japan and Australia, you know, he felt like he'd, he'd achieved his goal. He, he's just started at Tottenham. It would feel like a real shame. And so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm thinking that he won't go down that road. And he's certainly not been offered anything yet for him, for him either to, to consider it. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe he's on, a, he's on a really good thing here at Tottenham. So, Michael, just the pointy end of the table. I mentioned Liverpool, Arsenal, and Man City uh, off the top. I mean, City loom very large here, don't they? They're on a nine-game winning streak, five of those in the league. They've won the last three titles. They know this time. They know what's required, perhaps better than any other club. They are going to take some beating from here with a game in hand as well, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've just got Haaland back. De Bruyne has been out for four months. It doesn't look like he's been out at all. He's been... Phenomenal. Um, so, but but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't discount Liverpool at all, who are currently top. It, I think a lot will come down to, you know, when the, when the European football resumes as well. You know, which players can stay fit? Is Salah going to come back to Liverpool fit? You know, he's obviously injured at the moment, but like, how bad's his injury? So, there's a lot of football to still be played. Um, so, I wouldn't and and I wouldn't count Arsenal out. I think you know, signing Declan Rice was huge for them. It was big money, but he's a big influence in the side. Uh, and then I think that's the three, the three that will go for it. I think, as I say, I think Tottenham are up there. But I think finishing fourth would be, in, and Champions League football would be an amazing achievement in the first year with Ange and without Harry Kane and so many people leaving the club, so many people joining the club. 
But it's all going to be... I mean, Saturday was a little bit of a disappointment drawing against Everton so late in the game. Um, the players will clearly be disappointed with that. And I'm, I do expect a reaction from them on Saturday mm. against Brighton. Now, Michael, we don't speak a lot of darts on this program, but I'm telling you we did uh, back in February off the back of Luke Littler. He finished runner-up in the World Championship this he was 16 at the time, 17-year-old sensation. How famous is he over there? <laughs> it's honestly unbelievable. Un- 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 genuinely unbelievable. I've never... I've been in the sport time, and I've seen some great great games and great moments. But I cannot... Nothing comes close to the adulation and the press coverage and the social media. Just for this guy, you know, it's it's quite unbelievable. And... Uh, he's in a there's a darts Premier League which happens every Thursday nights in front of ten to twelve thousand different European cities. He's in that now. He won a tournament in Bahrain a few weeks ago against Michael Van Gerwen in the final. He is just unbelievable. Now at seventeen, you need to have the right people around you. So when people ask me on podcasts, is he going to win the lot? Is he going to win it? It's like I think you you know it's, he's still very young, but what it's done for darts is just phenomenal. So. It was a great story. It really, really was. And he's no flash in the pan either. He, he is some player. Michael, hold about hey, great to have you on, mate. We're really, 13, really... 14, and they had to... Apologies. Uh, great to have you on, Michael. Sorry, there's a, the line is just hanging in there, I think. So um, we're out of time, unfortunately. Love having you on, whether it be football or darts or anything else happening in the in the world of sport. And you're doing some fine work for Sky Sports as well, mate. I'm sure we'll speak to you again before uh, Tottenham's story is written uh, in this Premier League season. So thanks a lot for joining us again this morning. Absolute pleasure, guys. Speak to you soon. There's Michael Bridge there. Sky Sports uh, covers the boxing as well, the darts, football, everything else. Ooh, and that Boxing. That line... Was just hanging in. Just. Next time he's on, we'll get him to dissect some of your leading and uh, whether you're prepped for that fight with Nathan Brown's on target or not. All right, uh, stick around. It's summer breakfast. Back in a moment. Breakfast on SEN. Justin Rodsky, not too far away from joining us out of the 8 o'clock news. I just see a big story in the New York Times. The TV world's about to change, Kane. Uh, another streaming provider. So Disney, Fox and Warner Brothers Discovery announced uh, on Tuesday they're going to join together and sell access to all of their sports that they televise through a new stream- streaming service. So we don't know the price. We don't know any of the detail, really, uh, who's going to run it and all the all the rest of it. But it involves all the ESPN. It involves uh, the ABC, uh, all the Fox from the US, TNT, TBS, uh, and many more, Big Ten Network. And they're going to sell them off in a single package. So the streaming world is about to change again. It sounds like it's going to have live channels. Sounds a bit like um, a bigger version of KO, to be honest. So that looks, looks like it's coming later on this Just year. Just what we need. Another More. Str- another streaming service. Did see that uh, KO have increased their prices um, up a fair bit. What is that? Upwards then? of uh, $35 for basic KOs, two streams, $25 per month for one stream. Started at 15. Started at 15. Uh, might have been less than that. Yeah, wow. it's getting up there now. We're right, going to talk some NRL with Justin Rodsky next. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN.
Well, we're closing in on the start of another NRL season and our Melbourne Storm, uh, Kane, our Melbourne Storm, have set their stall up around a new captain yesterday naming 25-year-old Harry Grant as the club's new skipper. The Storm have also got a pre-season game coming up in Fiji, of all places, later on this month. I reckon that was this man's idea as the Chief Executive Officer of the Melbourne Storm, Justin Rodsky. Welcome to you there, Justin. Uh, good morning, Sam. Morning, Kane. Good to be with you. We love Geelong. That was a pre-season destination for you last year, I think. But a year on, I reckon Fiji might have it covered, do you reckon? Yeah, I think it does in terms of locations, absolutely. Uh, it's been a, a lot of planning, obviously, going into putting on a game over in the Pacific, and particularly in Fiji, the first actual NRL-sanctioned game ever in, our, in uh, Fiji. So uh, it's been a lot of work from a lot of people from people here in Australia and obviously at the club and at the NRL right through to all the stakeholders on the ground in Fiji. But it's, uh, it's going to be a really exciting occasion and obviously particularly for our uh, Fijian international and the Fiji buddy captain actually, Tui Tanisamika, going home to play on home soil. It's going to be very special for him. So yeah. Looking forward to it. They love their rugby over there. They love their sevens as well. The appetite for league, is that, I oh, know they obviously play the game. Is it, as, is, is it, what's its presence like in the country? Yeah, it's really strong. Uh, it's definitely not as strong as rugby union, so that's certainly an opportunity for rugby league. Um, we'd like to think that bringing a game, and particularly the Melbourne Storm brand, to the shores of Fiji will help to grow the game there. Uh, there's a lot of support at grassroots level, local clubs and schools, and we'll be doing a lot of work in the communities while we're there. So whilst it's going to be a great occasion and we're taking 150 corporates over for, for the event as well, it's also going to be a great opportunity for us to showcase rugby league and hopefully pick up a few new players along the way as part of our pathway and talent program uh, into the NRL system here in Australia. Justin, it's always exciting when a, when a new crop comes through, particularly in the leadership space. Harry Grant's going to lead the club uh, this year. Was it a difficult decision? Oh, look, I don't think so in the end. I think Harry's a natural-born leader. He's um, you know, worked his way through the system at the Storm to the leadership group, uh, through the emerging leadership group, and uh, in the end, um, you know, the players voted and uh, he was the standout selection to be our captain. Uh, you know, no one works harder than him. No one leads by their actions better than him. So I think whilst, you know, we've got a lot of great leaders, including, um, you know, our, our, our leader from the last two years in Christian Welch, but uh, I think in the end, um, from what Harry can bring both on the field and off the field, he's the right choice for us right now and moving forward into the future. It's hard when you make a, um, a re- reasonably brutal call on, on Christian like that. I don't think he's in the leadership group at all this year. How did those discussions go? Yeah, it, it is, absolutely. Um, he was offered the opportunity to be part of the leadership group but decided he'd rather focus on his footy and, um, and, and that's fair enough and that was absolutely his call. He'll still be um, a huge impact across the club both on and off the field and obviously... Leadership's just a title when it comes to those things and he'll play an important role for us. Um, yeah, he, he obviously was disappointed, I think, that you know he wasn't going to be considered for the, for the captaincy this year and, and I can understand that. He's been an incredible leader for our club. He's done an amazing job um, galvanising the club, bringing the commercial and the area and the football areas closer together. And, and again, another guy who, who really puts his heart and soul into everything he does. So... You know, we couldn't be luckier to have a guy like Christian as our captain over the last couple of years and, and always coming out of a period where you had a guy like Cameron Smith as our captain for 15 seasons in a row. It was, it was a transition period, no doubt about that, and he played such an important role for the club and he's selfless in the way that he did that. And, you know, he's one of the best people I've ever met in rugby league in my three years at the club and, uh, you know, he'll continue to play a really important role 
for us at the club, uh, both on and off the field, because he's a quality human and a, and a great storm person. So I've got no doubt he'll be there to support Harry Grant and Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster and the rest of the leadership group, but he just won't have that title. Speaking of Melbourne Storm CEO, Justin Rodsky. Justin, I might just get you to, it just sounds a little bit muffled as we've got you on the line. I want to hear uh, you crystal clear. I'm not sure if we're on, we're on speaker or if you can hop and, and jump around on your left foot and, and try and clear that line up. I'm interested in the coach. There's always conjecture. There's always uh, discussion around his future. He seems to be pretty keen to make amends for a, a disappointing final series. And this starts with the captaincy change. Is he refreshed? Is he ready to go? And how do you see the coaching landscape at your club? Yeah, I think he definitely is. He's, he's at his grumpy best at the moment. Um, you know, he's uh, coming in with a lot of energy every day. He seems to be really focused and energised on, on what's ahead. And um, I think that, you know, Craig is 21 years into his coaching career, but you know, talking to people like Frank Panisi, who's been around him a long time, I've never seen him coaching any better. And yeah, last year was a challenging year for us because it was so inconsistent. And one of Craig's principles in life and in football is consistency. So for him, that was something that was a really big focus over the pre-season, bringing the club and the team and the players together to bring it back to basics in a way around those principles of hard work and consistency and playing the role. And you know, I think from what I've seen, I'm I'm really excited about what the future looks like for this year and the years to come with, with Craig Bellamy at the helm. Um, he's obviously got to make a decision on that. That'll come over the coming months. Uh, no rush on that, obviously. We'll give him all the time he needs. But, uh, you know, the way he's approached the pre-season and his outlook and his mindset towards coaching this year gives me no indication that he'll be giving up anytime soon. Justin, were you, and, and by extension, obviously, the club disappointed not to get a, a ticket to Vegas for the season opener? Uh, not, not really. Looking in, Sam, we were we put our hand up and said that we'd be part of it if uh, the NRL selected us to be one of the teams. We thought, being you know another port, another state, another audience and market in Victoria and Melbourne, that we'd be a, a good option. Um, look, that wasn't to be, I and mean, there's been a whole, whole week of challenges to to get the game to where it is today. But you know, in saying that, we're putting on a game in Fiji, and I can appreciate the challenges that come with doing something first. And you know, there's always going to be teething issues and. Now I think, uh, you know, everything's now coming along really well and the four teams are, are getting ready to take off and head over there and I think it's going to be a really exciting spectacle, spectacle and something, you know, from a, an NRL point of view with the opportunity that comes with, you know, the market in America, you know, it might not work, it might work and I think that at the end of the day, I think that it's, I applaud the NRL for, you know, having the courage to, to give it a go and to take four teams over to a new market and, and see if that can create a new revenue stream for, for the game. And, and that'll come through most likely broadcast, but then also potentially wagering as well. So um, if uh, if there's an opportunity to go again next year and, and the NRL select us, we'll certainly be ready to go for that. So it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks. Yeah, well, you're well-placed at Storm there regardless because I know your membership's ticked over 21,000 already, which is, a, which is a club record, which is great. Just before we let you go, I know you come from an AFL background, Justin, so you'll be... Well familiar with, with I suppose, the, the well, it, even in, in all sports at the moment, increased awareness of concussion. And the AFL Commission yesterday released their findings and rule changes for the new season. There are continual crackdowns on, on acts in, in the AFL that can lead to concussion. I mean, what's the state of play in the NRL on this? I, I, I think I'm speaking as an outsider, but we don't see or hear a lot around lawsuits or discussions on this space, which is uh, surprising given the combative nature of your sport. How, how is it viewed in the NRL and rugby league in general in regards to, you know, the increasing awareness of concussion and the like? 
you know, it's obviously a huge priority for the game. Uh, and there's been a lot of rule changes that have been put in place over recent years to ensure that players are protected and that their welfare is put first and foremost. Um, you know, and that includes uh, you know, a second doctor, an NRL doctor in the bunker that can make adjudications on concussion without the club doctor's consent. So I think that the game itself is ensuring that uh, we're doing everything we can to protect players. And, and that comes not only on match day, but also during the week of training and the protocols that are in place now and the policies around that are are really important and there's nothing more important than a player's welfare when it comes to concussion. In terms of what's happened in historically, um, I know that the RLPA has been working closely with the NRL on um, working through a framework for what that could look like. Uh, but in terms of high-profile uh, litigation or cases that are currently being put forward, I don't think that there's anything currently um, you know, on foot in that area, but um, that's not to say it won't in the future. Well, we wish you well for the season ahead, Justin. Goes without saying. I think you've got an assignment against the Dogs, uh, Bulldogs, on the 15th of February. So only a week out now. Season will be uh, upon us before we know it. Uh, best of luck with it and enjoy the trip to uh, to Fiji and uh, work on your, your Buller pronunciation. <laughs> Vanaka, thanks, Sam. Thanks, Kane. And apologies about the line. No, no worries. Justin Rodsky there, Melbourne Storm Chief Executive. Yeah, the line. We haven't had much luck with the lines, though, have we? What was going no. on with his phone? I, th- I thought it, we were on speaker there, but it was muffled. So apologies to everyone who, who struggled to hear him. It wasn't too bad in here, but I know out there where you might be listening, it it might have been very difficult. So we did our best. We we tried. We tried to um, do. Our, I mean, we we could hear him. It just wasn't just wasn't ideal. But that's what happens from time to time. Sammy, that is that's the live beauty, radio. beauty of live radio. It is indeed. Uh, I've still got a signal boost power, mate. We're going to get to. Questions that notice a little bit later on. We've got Brooke Bushkel to join us, Olympic long jumper as well, uh, heading over to Paris to represent uh, Australia, of course. But that Signet Boost Power Bank, 44.95. The Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, your tablet, and your earbuds powered 24-7. Regarding KO, you mentioned earlier, footy fans should look into the digital memberships. We were talking about this earlier. Yes. Most AFL clubs offer a digital membership, which includes 12 months KO for around 200 bucks, so much cheaper than KO's price. Uh, unfortunately for me, says this text, the Swans are late to the game and don't offer this, so it looks like Giants will get my money this time. There you go. Uh, signing up as a member of the Giants, they so get access to KO. Well, it's, um, it's an excellent tip that I found out someone released it on, on Twitter. It'll save you a whole heap of, of cash, and also you'll get the merchandise from the membership, so you get that as well as the yep. KO subscription, which I think it's 35 bucks now for, for KO, so it's getting up there a little bit more if you want more than one stream. Nothing annoys me more because I think I've got one, only one stream on Same. KO. So I like, I'm on the plane or and your boys are taxi watching. <laughs> and I want to watch the footy and it's like at a really crucial point of the game and you're blocked because someone at home is watching Nikola Jokic. Yeah, exactly. I probably just got it in the background. So I have to text the whole, there's five of us, got to text the whole family, try and narrow it down as to who the culprit is. Get off KO. Um, so I might have to upgrade to four streams, but um, also sign up to a digital. I'm, I, I said I'm going to buy a Kangaroos digital membership. Do that. So when on Friday Kingy says, "Geez, you've been hard on the Kangaroos," I said, "Kingy, I'm a member." You just had him in the your. Kang- you just had I'm him a in your Kangaroos member. You just said you'd rather wash your hair than watch it. Now you're going to buy a digital membership. I know, but it's a good response to any. Um, <laughs> sensitive North Melbourne fan who says I don't say anything positive. Well, I'm, a member, uh, I'm an actual Kangaroos member now. You came out and said you loved their song earlier and that struck Love a chord song. that struck a chord with a few Kanga Great supporters. Great song. Kanga, Kanga, Kanga. Hey, it's a special day to have this man with us. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Yeah.
There's live FFA, FFA. There's live FA Cup action this morning. Chelsea have just made it 3-0 against Aston Villa. Nottingham Forest and Bristol 1-1, 80 minutes in there. But questions without notice are for Coolabar Turf, supplying Victorians with premium instant turf. Question without notice to you, Kane. If Brooke Bushkel's phone line is no good at 8.40, do we just pack it in and go home early? <laughs> no, we speak to the, we speak to the people. Well, this is their program. They can give us a call, one 736 736 and talk about anything that they would like if they haven't had their opportunity. Good prize still to give away. Still got the we'll signet right. boost. We'll push, we'll push through. How have I still got the signet boost? Uh, you know what I didn't need to see yesterday was the vision of Rory Sloan's eye operation on the news last night. What was that? <laughs> that was purely gross. That was well, terrible. And... And now it's good access and interesting for people, but you know my thoughts on where Rory is at. Now he said that he's going to wear the Mason Cox style yep. goggles. It's a, it's just a hard watch for me. So he's going Rory. to wear the goggles. He's, uh, my next question to you was going to be, when does he pick up the dog and bone and give Mason a call? Because Mason went through all the steps, did well, all Mason's the research. Mason's tweeted about it. He's been yep. quick on social media, said there's another one uh, in, in the goggle club or words to that effect. But yeah... Firstly, Rory's not in Adelaide's best twenty-two. To be brutally honest about it, even when his his body is in in you know, in in perfect condition, so to run around probably in the sample wearing the go- it's it's just not the way. I don't know. It's not so the do way you, you think, want the we, champions of your club to finish up? Now, just on that, yeah. Do you think it would dilute his legacy? Did we have this conversation? Did, do you think it would hurt yeah, him? Yeah. So we did have this conversation regarding Andy Murray, and someone was questioning his legacy. The fact that he's continuing to go when he's not and he able to back. go like he, he was and he fired back. So my view on it was, well, an individual sport, it's a little bit different because the only one you're hurting is yourself. In a team sport, I think to read the room and understand when it's time to move on and go to the next generation is really difficult to do. And that's where you need some gentle nudging from your club. And I don't think, and, and don't get me wrong. And I don't even have to say this, Rory Sloan, there isn't a more popular member of the Adelaide Football Club ever. And he, he's just a brilliant person, all of that. But the time comes when the team moves past what you can deliver. And to have the knee, to now have the eye for the second time, the fractured cheekbones, the broken, everything that he's had, to see him, hopefully not, but running around in the sample wearing goggles is going to be a little bit humiliating and it makes it a pretty difficult position for the club to be in. But there's a difference between not being in the best 23 and being a liability. I mean, there's 40-odd players on the list. They can't all play game to game. So are you suggesting yeah. that perhaps when he does play, he'll be a weak spot for that club um, or just because... Yeah, I, well, I think, I think when you've got a name like that and someone held in that esteem at your club, you're more prone to want to pick them. It's, you know, Trent Cotchin wasn't a liability, but was he really in Richmond's best 22 with where they are going? Was it the best thing for the Richmond Football Club for Trent Cotchin to play last year? Now, he's probably more advanced than where Rory is now with the role uh, that he plays. Is it in the best interest of the club? Probably not. And I thought, and to be fair, I thought the same with Travis Boak. As much as we all love and admire Travis Boak, I thought... Port Adelaide were in the same position. But because the fans love them and it's a tough call to make and the approval rating at Port Adelaide was low last year with Ken Inkley and the way they finished, they didn't want to make the call on Travis Boak, even though I think halfway through the year they were adamant that this was going to be Boakey's last year. Some players are so competitive, you've got to, you know, you've got to nudge them the right direction. And in that instance, I don't think Adelaide and Port Adelaide was strong enough in nudging those two champions of the club in the right way. And now Rory's got the eye injury for the second time. He's going to wear goggles. 
for goodness sake. Justin Rodsky joined us moments ago. The news uh, that surprised quite a few outside the Melbourne Storm, the third captain in three years, it's the 25-year-old Harry Grant. I wanted to ask you, if you were Christian Welch and you were the captain and you were demoted, how you would take that? Because he stepped down from the leadership group entirely to, quote-unquote, focus on his football, but the clear inference is that he's dirtied up and he doesn't want any part of it. Yeah, I got demoted once, Sammy. was was vice-captain at Port Adelaide in the leadership group. Then we had the leading teams sort of set up, come in, the consultancy agency, and they, they get you in, they get your teammates to say some pretty open and honest things about you while you sit at the front of the room and you just cop it sweet. And I copped it sweet, and I hated it at the time. Like, it was awful. And, and you dirty up, and you go home, and you sulk. So removed from vice-captain, removed from the leadership group. Um, but on reflection, what they said was fair. And um, yeah, give us, no, it, give us one. It was give us one. Well, I was too. One. I was too determined to be good in my own right, like to get the absolute best out of myself to the detriment of the team. Now, it wasn't consciously selfish, but if you had observed my behaviour, you could easily decipher that as being selfish in a team environment. And it took me way too long to to understand that aspect just because I wanted to get there. I wanted to be great. I wanted to get the most out of myself. I probably didn't socialize enough with, with teammates and, and team members and, and, you know, but, but until you're ready to hear that feedback, you're not ready. And, and I probably wasn't ready at the time, but on reflection, it was fair. So yeah, it's really hard, but strong clubs make those calls and the Melbourne storm, there's been no stronger club with a great culture like them over the last you know, 30 years in, in Australian sport. So they've obviously seen that and, and moved past it. Yeah. So as a captain, even as a vice captain, as you mentioned, you've got to be aware of your surroundings and you've got to go beyond yeah. your own backyard, don't you? 100%. So, so someone like Connor Rosie, who's been, understandably, as a young player coming through, worried about his own backyard to become a young superstar of the game. How's he going to juggle the two of them in there as a relatively young captain? And still, still trying to, I guess, I don't know, cement his legacy in the game individually. So, a, so that's the hard thing. As a, as a skipper, um, your job is to play well every week. That, that's your main job, to set the standards on field and to play well. So you've got to deliver the on-field performance as well as everything else. But 90% of it is playing well, fronting up, doing what a captain should on, on game day. They're the best captains. And then the other stuff, the media, around the club is is secondary to that. But to stand up in big moments when your team needs you and to lead the way mm. is is what's required. A great example is Zach Merritt. Like Zach Merritt was removed not that long ago, two, three, yep. maybe four seasons ago, from the whole of the leadership group. And now to see what he's done and to, to take that feedback, to go away, to get back in the leadership group and to captain the club. And I thought he was excellent last year. Yeah. I thought he was one of the great leadership stories um zach merritt and hopefully you know he gets to where he's determined to get to with the team but i mean that's a that's a pretty good success story of someone who was removed and then came back in james sicily similar as well who yeah. would have thought going back that he would be a, a captain at hawthorne but he looks like he's doing a great job and certainly an, an on-field a follow me type isn't he out, out on the ground uh yeah questions that notice is for coolabar turf they supply victorians with premium instant turf and they are victoria's award-winning grower and supplier of uh, Lawn for Life. Uh, drop us a text on the 40 Wings Temper just as we get into the news headlines with Nath Gardner. 433 98 11 16. If you've got a question without notice, we've got uh, time for a few more before we uh, talk the Paris Olympics with the long jumper, Brooke Bushkel. Back in a month.
Uh, Moxton dropped us a text. We did ask Justin Rodsky if uh, they were a little bit dirty. They didn't get a ticket uh, on the plane to Vegas, the Melbourne Storm. Moxton <laughs> puts it well here. Sam Kane, as if the Sydney-centric NRL world would ever offer the Storm a Las Vegas stint. More like a game in purgatory <laughs> for Moxton coming through there. There has uh, seemed to be a bit of a anti-Storm set amongst uh, the NRL officials up there. At least that's how some people view it. Kane. Question without notice. Fair, and I feel like I ask the audience this every year. Fair to give the children a day off for the Super Bowl on Monday? No. Not fair? Well, no. But my kids aren't frothing for it like yours, no doubt. No, are. They've got a curious interest. Frothing for it. Okay. One of, them, one of them's in year 12 now. Like, are we, come on. Like, are we, I no. said, mate, watch it when you get home. He says, there's no way I can watch it when I get home. Everyone will tell me the score. All right. So you got three boys. One's in year yeah. 12. 10. Year 10 and year 9. So what are you doing with them? Are they well, going? Well, the two eldest are that keen on it. Like, they love it more than the AFL. At this stage, their mother is, Lucy is incredibly soft. Like, she's, no, well, that's probably harsh. I say that in an, in an affectionate way. Yeah. If they want something to go their way, they're more likely to ask Lucy than me. So they're, they're so one I, in a hundred chance think, of going to school to, on Monday. Yeah, they're not going. I, <laughs> I think, and I think they've, and it's news to me. Well, like I think they've teed this up behind my back. It's not like it's, like, you know, it's it's first term. It's early in the year. Oh, it's year twelve. Though. <laughs> well, maybe he could go in for the afternoon. Just say I got <laughs> over my stomach bug. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm good no, to go yeah. now. <laughs> Anyway, it's happening. So I'll, I'll report back oh. with Bucks on Monday. But, um, yeah, I've, I've lost that battle. Okay, fair enough. Charlie Kerno, he was elevated to the uh, to the vice-captaincy role, co-vice-captaincy role at the Blues yesterday. But uh, the Coleman medalist, he kicked 81 goals last year. It was his final series that left a sour taste in his mouth. He was asked about it, and he addressed it yesterday. I mean, um, I probably went into that final series after the season. Um, probably looked at the you know final season obviously it was a different ball game and um, didn't perform as well as what I would like to in the end but that's probably the uh, the way the nature of our game I get to have another crack at it this year and um, like I said you know starting an opening round and hopefully we can put our best foot forward then and then it is a team game so I'm looking forward to playing with our you know our forward line as a unit um, and attack hopefully another final series. Geez we hold them to high high standards now and as we should but professional sport but geez he's been made to pay for a, a final series which he kicked a, a goal a game in the three finals he hasn't heard the end of it and he had no help like it'd be, be nice to, for someone to stand up and help him a little bit in the, in that front six so I just what about what about what, what about one of the all-time great forwards of the AFL in the last yeah, 20 years no, in the last 20 years no he's probably not that although he was okay against Brisbane wasn't it early and yep. then sort of faded out but I just wonder whether they can play a few more tricks with Charlie Kerno this year. He, look, he's he's Kudafidi's in Kerno's body. We've seen him play midfield. We've get him up the ground, put him in a centre bound, do what Geelong do with Jeremy Cameron, do what Sydney used to do with Buddy Franklin. If Buddy hadn't touched it for the first ten minutes of a game, he's getting cheap handball receives across half back. And See, you know I'd, what that does? Yeah. You feel good about yourself. You got the footy in your hands your opponent might drop off you and then meet you in the forward line, but that may create a mismatch. He's got the tank. He's got the athletic ability. He, he can play any position on the ground. Put him in a centre bounce occasionally, Vossi. And now that also requires others to step up. That is why the role of Harry Mackay is so important. But, yeah, I'll, I'd love to see him leading on the logos, a bit, a bit of Matthew Richardson style on the wing, a bit of 
Jeremy Cameron's centre bounce. Pretty Buddy Franklin up the ground, kicking the ball inside 50. He's one of the great kicks inside 50 in the whole of the competition. He is. So the, to, to get him in, take a bit of pressure off and allow him to roam a bit more mm. than what they did last year. It's interesting. I'd love to hear Kingy's thoughts on this, and he's been out to see the Blues a couple of times. I'd leave him exactly where he is, to be honest. I'd, I'd like to see Harry Mackay working up and back a little bit more and, and yeah. being as well, he was from time to time. Well, when it's working, that's fine. And of course, when it's when it's working and he's on fire and he's got a mis- he's got a matchup that he likes and he's mm. he is impacting. But it's when he's not. What else can you do with him to make him not starve himself forward? And then he's thinking, oh, everyone's going to be talking about me not touching it. You know, get him up the ground, get him involved, and then that creates a bit of havoc for for the opposition as well. Yep. Uh, a few texts coming through on uh, on your kids at the Super Bowl. Let us know how Kane yeah. should play it from here. Unbelievably, he's the one standing firm. Lucy's the one that sounds like she will grant the get-out-of-jail-free card. The 40 wings temper, 0433, no better feeling than this, when your parents picked you up early and they took you to the show or something. Yeah. You got to die. This is one of the, one of the all time great feelings as a child. Just so, that excitement. Yeah. I don't want to take that away from them, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot somewhere. Give them an inch. Give them an inch. Kano. Uh, cool about turf. Victoria's award-winning grow and supplier of premium instant turf and lawn for life. We're going to talk uh, some Olympics next with Australia's long jumping star, Brooke Bushkull. Stay with us. Breakfast on SEN. Well, Brooke Bushkull is an Aussie long jumper and a dual Commonwealth Games silver medalist. And in a big year for Brooke Kane, an Olympic year, of course, she joins us on the line this morning. Brooke, welcome to SEN. Great to have you along. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's a good resume. I should have added uh, dual Olympic finalist uh, as well. So an Olympic year, does everything feel, it's months away, of course, but does everything already feel a little bit heightened? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think an Olympic year always brings a lot more excitement to the year. Um, And yeah, with the domestic season underway here in Australia, um, yeah, all eyes are on Paris. And um, yeah, it's obviously such an exciting year. So there's a lot to look forward to. Brooke, you've been doing it for a long time, but we love the Olympics for for the pressure of it, I guess, and the four-year build-up to get to that one moment. What have you learned over the time you've been an elite athlete to help you deal with that emotional pressure that athletes can put on themselves? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing thing that I've learned is just stay really composed um, in the moment. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of distractions around you when you're at an Olympic Games. Um, Tokyo was probably a little bit different with um, not so much of a crowd. But, um, yeah, I think really just sort of soaking in, um, you know, the experience and um, using that experience that you've got behind you as well and just sort of treating these big competitions like they're just a training session really, like you're, you know, at the top of the runway and, just do what you do in training and, you know, go through all your cues and, and the process. Um, and yeah, just stay composed, which is sometimes hard to do. Um, as I said, there's a lot of distractions and a lot of pressure and expectation that you put on yourself, but um, yeah, it's really just about, you know, doing the best that you can do on the day and just enjoying it while you're doing so. In a sport like yours where you're, you're searching for millimetres or, or centimetres and you're not seeing big gains like from, from day to day, how do you focus on just the, the little gains and what leads you to getting that success? Is that also difficult and sometimes monotonous? Yeah, it, it definitely can be. I mean, um, you know, I jumped 
the Australian record back in 2016 of seven metres and five centimetres. And then I went um, six years without jumping another yeah. personal best um, until 2022 when I jumped 7.13. So um, it can be pretty frustrating, but, you know, that's why you train. You train to, um, you know, be able to work on the little things that can sort of help you get those centimetres that you're after. Um, but, yeah, it's really just about conditions as well. Um, a lot of the time in long jump, making sure that, you know, you're getting your run-up right, adjusting accordingly. Um, but, yeah, it, it can be frustrating and sometimes you do have to wait a long time to to see improvements. But um, it's definitely very worthwhile when you, you do have those successes and, you yeah, you do see um, a lot of the hard work pay off. Mm. A lot of commentary around shoes in, in running, but particularly road running, but it has moved on to the track. Has there been an advancement in shoe technology in your sport that has helped you with your spring off the mat or, or not? <laughs> um, Nike did bring out um, a similar long jump spike to, to their sprinting version. Um, so I definitely feel like that was a bit, advantageous for, for Nike athletes at the time I was wearing Adidas. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's to the same extent as, you know, some of the shoes and footwear that, um, you know, a lot of the road running athletes are wearing. Uh, but who knows what's to come. <laughs> yeah. Did they crack, did they crack down on that Nike shoe or it was allowed? No, it's, it's allowed. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, a lot of Nike athletes, I, I think most brands now are bringing out, or have brought out a similar version of the spike. Um, mm. So it's probably a pretty level playing field now anyway. So, Brooke, how are you placed? Where are we? We're at the 8th of February, looking ahead to Paris. Uh, obviously, you had an awesome 2022, the silver at the Com Games, obviously seventh in Tokyo at the Olympics, as we mentioned. Um, the world yep. champs, Budapest, probably didn't go the way you wanted last year. So no. <laughs> how, how have you moved on from that, or have you? And, and where do you sit performance-wise at the moment? Yeah, I'm definitely in a, in a better place um, mentally and physically this year. Last year, yeah, mentally, I you know, I was just really struggling. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, just putting a lot of pressure on myself and when I wasn't performing to the level that I knew that I could, particularly after, a you know, a really successful 2022 season, um, I kind of just assumed that everything was going to flow on from that and that, it really didn't. Um, so yeah, last year was a bit of a struggle and, um, you know, underperformed at um, the major championship at the world champs in Budapest. Um, and yeah, just really wasn't coping so well. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, put a lot of time into getting my mindset right. Um, you know, been working pretty closely with my sports psychologist just around, um, you know, focusing just on the process, not so much outcomes and yeah, just really back to enjoying my sport for what it is. Um, mm. So yeah, in a, in a really good place this year and the domestic season's underway here in Australia. So um, yeah, got a few interstate meets and a couple of meets in New Zealand coming up, which is really exciting. Um, but yeah, hoping to jump the, the standard for Paris um, over the, yeah, over the coming months. What's the standard? I have to jump 686. Yeah, I think you'll be. And your personal best is 7.13, is it? 
7.13, so I know that I definitely can do it. Um, yeah, just got to do it within the qualifying period. But there's also another way of qualifying. They have um, a point system, like a rank, world ranking system. Um, so, yeah, I think mm. I, I'd like to hope that, um, you yeah, know, I'd have a really good chance of getting in on the points ranking system if I was to not get the qualifying standard. But I have a pretty good feeling about this season. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure I can I can get it done. We're backing you in. Brooke, uh, we had Tori Lewis, the sprinting sensation on the mm. program last week. You, you've formed a, a bit of a mentor role for her because you both suffer from celiac disease and uh, she's sought your guidance on this. What's that relationship been like and how, uh, I guess, inhibiting is that for, for a pro- pro- professional athlete, excuse me, to, to have that condition? Yeah, it's um, it, it's so incredible to see Tori doing so well um, on the track. Uh, for her to run a time like she did at, at her age is absolutely incredible. Um, and, yeah, for her to also be a fellow celiac, um, yeah, completely understand how, how tough it is and how challenging it can be for her. So, um, yeah, it's been amazing to... To share, you know, the journey with her, um, and yeah, it's it was awesome last year, traveling overseas, and um, you know, we got to spend a little bit of time together, and yeah, it's it's so nice to be able to have someone that just understands, um, you know, how difficult, I guess, traveling as a professional athlete with celiac disease can be, um, particularly around, you know, cross contamination and. Um, you know, sometimes just not having food options that, you know, are safe. Um, so, yeah, it can be pretty difficult. So, yeah, all credit to her for, um, you know, being able to live with celiac disease and, and mm. still be able to reach her potential. It's it's pretty incredible. Brooke, awesome to have you on. Uh, we, we obviously wish you the best of luck for a massive year for, for you in, in, in your in your sport and what you're doing. Um, good luck on domestic scene and over, obviously over in New Zealand and then, Obviously, a big dad over in Paris after that. All the best with it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Then uh, there's the Australian long jumper, the Australian record holder, 7.13 metres in the long jump, Brooke Bushkull joining us. So, Kane, your boys, uh, Raf, Eddie and Sonny, want to watch the uh, Super Bowl instead of going to school. At least two of the three do. Well, the young, yeah, the young one's not phased by it, but if his brothers are having the day off, he might as well stop the school run and keep him home as well. Colin in Altona Meadows. Time to queue up an important life lesson for the Corns boys. Disappointment. Part of being an adult is not always getting what you want. Having said that, I have leave booked in and I'm looking forward to my first pint at 9.30am. So there you go. <laughs> a lot of texts coming through on what you should and shouldn't do there. The Toyota Call of the Year is back. It's a chance to win a 2024 Toyota Hilux GR Sport Grunt Class packed with technology. Just search Toyota Hilux today. Oh, it's like Carmen San Diego. Where in the world is Jared Waitley? What's he well, been doing over in Vegas? I, in the news, Nathan brought us the news that someone had climbed the sphere and was arrested for doing it. I wonder if has anyone seen Jared? He's gone rogue. Nothing beats value parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Caller of the Week is back, of course, all thanks to our great friends at Toyota Grunt Class and packed with technology. Just search Toyota Hilux today. Caller of the Week from last week, Christian from Frankston called up about his son's 
budding motocross career. So one under you, Christian, you are in the draw. Let's go over to Vegas, shall we, Kane, where Jared Waitley is waiting. Oh, at least we hope he is. There was all sorts of drama at the top of the sphere. We think Jared's there. How are you, G? <laughs> I'm well, Sam. Kane, how are you? I'm good. You weren't climbing the sphere, were you, Jared? No, no. It's no. very much a, an observer rather than a participant <laughs> in these things. Now, how are you going? How's the staying power? She's a fast city, Las Vegas. You've been there for a while now, Jared. Are you pacing yourself? I feel like I am. I feel like I'm getting the hang of it, too. Uh, we went to the ice hockey last night, so I'll tell you about that shortly. I am counting the hours. I don't want to feel impatient today through my three hours, but you two tonight. So outside of the Super Bowl, oh, that, that oh. does shape as the highlight. We went out to the Las Vegas Country Club and had a look at the setup for Liv this morning and caught up with Cam Smith, who, who will be on the program. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, and it's... It, the Radio Row side of things builds, and I think the changing nature of radio, where so much of it is a visual medium now, it has just grown around us. It makes our little Aussie flag and Sharon seem quite humble indeed. Well, Ken Hinckley will be with you off the top. I'm assuming Jared he's in the house. Kane, been an absolute pleasure. Good on you, mate. Great stuff. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.